When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Burning in Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are New York. Burning in Sid in the Morning. Talk Radio 77. My wife is telling me the eggs are in the microwave. Between a boy and man. Uh, you guys are funny. You guys are hilarious. Northern Michigan. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen. May 3rd, Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Beautiful day, I think it is. It looks nice, nice outside now. And uh, listen, we're heard on the Bernie and Sid Show everywhere on that 77 WABC app. I can't say that enough, folks. Download that app. You will not regret downloading that app. We're also heard out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, and also on your smart TVs, your computers at WABCradio.tv. And, uh, well, listen, before we get into a bombshell yesterday, I can't even tell you. I, I, I described the Elon Musk buying Twitter a couple of weeks ago as seismic. This uh, completely dwarfs that. This is huge, what happened yesterday, this leak from the Supreme Court regarding abortion. We'll get into that in a little bit. But in the meantime, a few other things. They had the uh, Met Gala last night, and uh, also the, uh, the Ferry Hawks. They start up tonight, Staten Island Ferry Hawks. First home game, and I believe, said you're going to be there tonight, No. No, I will be there tonight. They don't. Uh, it's their first home game. They've already played nine games this season, so it's not their oh, oh, first oh, game. Yeah, they've been on the well, road for nine games, so they do uh, open at home tonight. First home game, and I will be there. In fact, uh, supposedly there'll be a collection of WABC talent uh, sometime on uh, Katz Matiti show this afternoon. Everybody from me to Frank Morano to Vinnie Maduna to Rita Cosby to Dominic Carter. One big party out on Staten Island tonight. And, uh, yes, the Ferry Hawks play their first home game of the season. Well, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, what I got mixed up, I saw news reports was, is that uh, uh, Miss Whitmore, what's her first name, Sherry Whitmore? Kelsey. Kelsey Whitmore. Yeah. She actually uh, got on base yesterday. And I think that was the uh, historic moment from last night. At an away game, getting on base for the first time, and, uh, and who am I talking about? Kelsey Whitmore is the first female to play yeah. with an all-male minor league baseball team. And again, the Ferry Hawks tonight. She is the pitcher, and she will be playing tonight. I believe she's playing. Is she not? I have no idea. I know they played Sunday. You're talking about she got on base. I think they were off yesterday. They started a three-game set against Lexington out on Staten Island tonight. But I, uh, I don't know if she's going to pitch or start. I haven't spoken to Gary Perone yet today. But she did get on base uh, on Sunday. And uh, But, listen, they got to start winning some baseball games. It's been a bit of a rough start for the uh, Ferry Hawks. So while the Kelsey Whitmore stuff is very exciting, don't mean nothing if we don't win. So we need to start uh, winning baseball games out on Staten Island. 
Damn right, man. It's results. It's like Eric Adams. We need results. That's it, right. We don't, we don't need talk, style, and the hype and all that. Well, he looked like an idiot last My God, I mean, whatever, it's fine. He really did. Jeez. I mean, come on. This stupid jacket <laughs> with the politically correct uh, uh, virtue signaling, uh, you know, trashing guns as though guns, you know, as though some inanimate object is actually doing something. I mean, it's a human being pulling the trigger. It's the same crap, the same bull, B- I almost cursed, the same BS propaganda. Uh, yeah, he, so what, what he had, folks, if you didn't see it, was uh, he had some ridiculous, uh, you know, studded jacket, <laughs> all, all decked out with different colors. And on it, uh, it had a gun with a line drawn through it. And what did it say? No guns. Uh, oh, stop gun violence. Stop gun violence. He, stop he, he, gun violence. Here's the mayor of New York City. I mean, at some point, at some point, he's on television all day, every day, all day, every day. If there's a camera, Eric Adams finds it. That's all he cares about. At some point, you got to take the job seriously. And if he was, he's so tone deaf. He had to know. We've all spent the last year making fun of AOC for her idiotic dress last right. year. And he does the same exact thing this year with another same. message on his clothing. I mean, if he wants yep. to be compared to AOC, then you know what a crappy mayor this guy is. I think you just nailed it right there. That That is the exact analogy. Uh, that's what he is. He's turning out to be another AOC, really. I mean, despite all the hype and uh, hope that we had for him, he's really he's he's devolved into an AOC-type figure, you know, just uh, – you know, all, all as the, the Texans say, all hat, no cattle, all talk and no, no, no actions, no results. Same thing with AOC. She's passed no legislation. She's just a big mouth. Just a big mouth uh, dingbat is what she is. Yeah, but you know anyway, where she's coming from because as dangerous, and she's dangerous. It's not cute. It's not funny. She's dangerous. She has other big-time politicians making policy based on what she wants, and what she wants is not good for America. But at least you know who she is and what she wants. This clown, Eric Adams, one day to the next, you don't know who he is, what he is, what he stands for, who he cares about. He is even more dangerous than she is because she's at least transparent. Him? You never know from one day to the next. I like that, yes. And I, I've said that about other politicians, uh, that uh, that people like, uh, well, people like, for example, Schmuck Schumer and, and Joe Biden are more dangerous than Elon Omar and AOC because, you know, they're, 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 they're nice-looking white men in suits, and they seem, they seem reasonable, they seem rational, yet, yet they vote and they do everything that the AOCs and the Elon Omars want. So they are more dangerous, because, and they fool you. You say, oh, yeah, I'll vote for Tom Swazi. I'll vote for Schmuck Schumer. I'll vote for Joe Biden because, yeah, again, they look tradi- like traditional Democrats. And meanwhile, they, they, they've run so far to the left, so scared, they're sucking their thumbs, you know, hiding under the desk uh, out of fear of these radical leftists. And Eric Adams, again, uh, he may be one of those types. He will, anyway, uh, at the Met Gala last night with his girlfriend. Anyway, here he is uh, last night. He actually spoke to the cameras, of course. Speaking of Schmuck Schumer, he's uh, as, as big a media whore, I think, as a Schmuck Schumer. Eric Adams, cut 22, please, Lou. Lalu is amazing. He captured the message that I wanted to send. And it's about focusing on the celebration tonight, but then we have real work to do tomorrow. It's imperative that we get back to the normality of our city because so many families are dependent on that. When we come out tonight and enjoy this evening, we're seeing New Yorkers come together, those who are able to work this event, 
and those who are contributing to this event. And we want our city up and operated. And I'm excited about what's in the future for New York. We are so resilient. This city's amazing. You know, I walk around with Spike right, in my shut pocket. Up enough Listen, he, 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 going to the Met Gala does nothing for the city. I'm sorry. Don't try to rationalize this, this spectacle, this nonsense, this frivolous uh, idiocy uh, of rubbing elbows with these rich, uh, you know, brain-dead uh, Hollywood types. It's, it's not working. It's not working. He had said before that he always, he was dying to go to the Met Gala. And we know he's, again, uh, you know, he's the guy who wants to get on all the TV shows, the cameras, the media who are. The jock and finally. That's what he is. The jock sniffer, yeah. yeah. And he, and he got, he finally got his wish last night. And I hope he's happy. I want to see some damn results here. Uh, so listen. But he needs to know that, that the, the people that met Gallo are not representative of New Yorkers. The New Yorkers that, that we care about, Hell Bernie, no. are the guys that put on the blue every day, men and women. The guys that right now are wearing hard hats, uh, hard hats out here on 3rd Avenue building. Those are the real New Yorkers, not these people who fly in from Los Angeles where, you know, Katy Perry and Kim Kardashian. Those are not the real New Yorkers. He didn't speak to Absolutely. anybody last night. Not a damn person, not a single person. It is a damn joke is what it is. Uh, so listen, uh, you have that. You have the big uh, the GOP Senate primary in Ohio. That's a big deal. It's a bellwether. You have uh, the Trump appointee, the Trump, the guy who Trump endorsed, I should say, uh, J.D. Vance. He is ahead slightly in the polls. This is going to be a big test of Trump's juice, uh, believe it or not. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. There are two again, states, back- too. The second state is Indiana, too, which is, which I believe Trump is also going to get involved in. But either way, Ohio and Indiana on the table coming up. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah Indiana. But, uh, again, uh, well, listen, I think Ohio is the, the big deal. Agreed. I think in the in Indiana, the uh, the the uh, results are, you know, they're, they're, they're already uh, in the bag. People know what's going to happen in Indiana. I'm not uh, that familiar with the Indiana race, but uh, the Ohio race I am. And, again, we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. But last night uh, there, there was this opinion draft from the Supreme Court. Now, again, this is a huge, huge deal. Uh, the opinion draft was leaked. This was, uh, this was actually all done in February, and it was, a, it was a decision written by, supposedly, allegedly, by Samuel Alito on Roe versus Wade, and apparently they're going to reverse the Roe v. Wade decision. And uh, the Roe v. Wade decision always has been described as bad law, uh, a lot of bad law because, uh, well, first of all, it's, uh, it's judicial, it's not legislative. In other words, it, it wasn't done by the will of the people in, in Congress, which is always bad when you have these uh, judicial activists. Judges shouldn't be making laws. The legislature should. Congress and the Senate should be making laws, A, and B, it also enumerated what they call a right that doesn't exist in the Constitution. There's nothing about abortion in the Constitution, as the justices in the Roe v. Wade case asserted. So just basically, those are the two fundamental reasons why people have always said Roe v. Wade is bad law. Nevertheless, uh, they came down and they actually leaked this, uh, this, this, this writing, this briefing by Samuel Alito, yesterday saying that they're going to overturn this this wouldn't have happened until june or july but now it's been leaked and that is actually i mean people are horrified that it's been uh, leaked and what will happen was is that abortion won't be illegal it's not illegal it's just going to be reverted back to the states where the voters do have a say in the matter and that's what's going to happen it's not going to be 
If you live in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, or anywhere, even Pennsylvania, within the sound of our voices from the WABC transmitter, you have no worries about abortion being uh, outlawed whatsoever. Right, but the states that you and I constantly applaud, Ron DeSantis, for example, down in Florida, that ain't going to happen down there. Governor Abbott in Texas ain't going to happen there. So the states uh, that we advise people to move to because of uh, being red and Republican governors, those states, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, you're right about Texas. I'm not so sure about Florida. And, of course, uh, people ha- always have the right to move. Look, th- my, my concern is this. It's not the uh, reversal of Roe v. Wade. My concern is, is uh, they're going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I said this before. We're, we're cruising to a big, huge red wave in November. Now, this was through no fault of anybody else's. This arose from a case in Mississippi that they had to take and make a decision on. So it was just horrible, horrible timing. But what this does is changes everything. Instead of being able to focus on the failures, of which there are many, 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 the worst president in the history of the United States, we're going through one of the worst times in modern history right now. This changes all that. This distracts. This gets uh, what you're going to see now in the the coming days and weeks and months this summer you're going to have people in the streets uh, uh, protesting just like you saw in 2020. This is coming now because of what happened last night. Uh, this is really bad. Uh, so, But my concern is that it's going to hurt the uh, Republicans' chances in the election. Yes. And I'm really, really disappointed. I'm really depressed about it, to yeah. be quite honest with yeah. you. Yeah. But anyway, there was this guy, uh, Jonathan Turley, Professor Jonathan Turley, on this leak. This leak was completely designed to change the vote. Uh, from well, what it is, reversing Roe v. Wade to, uh, to to intimidate the justices into changing their vote because these people are going to be under Kavanaugh-like uh, hell. That they're going to be, they're going people are going to be showing up at their homes. They're going to be, they're already outside the Supreme Court last night. Believe it or not, as a matter of fact, I think we have a cut sixteen. These were the protesters outside the Supreme Court last night, two hours after this uh, this thing was leaked. Cut sixteen, Lou. Oh my God! I can't take it. So this is this is a taste of what's coming, and it's they're going to be in the streets. It's going to be horrible. Again, back to Jonathan Turley. This is what he said about the leak. Anyway, it's unprecedented in the history of the Supreme Court. It was probably leaked by one of the dissenting justices, the three liberals, Breyer, uh, uh, Sotomayor, or Kagan's law clerks. That who is that's probably uh, the suspect is a law clerk for one of those three. This is what Turley said yesterday. Cut 14, please, Lou. This was a malicious act, and the only reason to leak it was to try to create external pressure to change the position of the court and maybe encourage Congress to pass this federal abortion law to try to federalize the abortion area. What's really quite moronic about this, if anything, the justices are more likely to dig in. Uh, the second greatest blow to the court uh, would not just be the after the leak itself, would be if the justices did cave to external pressure. So this has turned everything into a morass. And what, what this person did cheapened the institution to a degree that is breathtaking. So there you go. That's his concern, and he's right about all that. Again, I am uh, reluctantly uh, pro-abortion. I want it to be safe, legal, and rare. 
because I have to be honest with you. If I was a woman and let's say I got drunk or uh, you know or, you know I did something, I would want the uh, I would want the option of getting rid of whatever the hell was in my stomach. Uh, if, uh, if, uh, if call me selfish, no, no, I would I, want the same I, for I'm my daughter. I'm pro choice too, but not not because somebody gets drunk or raped. I mean, I, I've been in that situation. No, where no, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you my my, my okay. position. Right. Okay. Uh, so this is this is where I'm coming from. I'm for it, but. Uh, but I, I would, my main thing is we should have stayed away from it coming up to this, this election. Just like that senator from Florida, Charlie Crist, yeah. proposing raising taxes on poor people so that they have skin in the game. You stupid effing moron. Stop with that. No, that, was, that wasn't Charlie Crist. He's a Democrat. That was Rick Scott. No, no, no. no. That was Rick Scott. You're right. right. Exactly but but, but right. second of all, again, I'm also pro-choice like you, but not just for, for drunk women or rape women. There's just young families who can't afford to have a baby. I've been in that position, and, I'm, and, I, and I believe it's pro-choice. But, but this, this is not about the Republicans uh, doing this. This was clearly leaked by the Democrats. I know John Turley talked about a, a variety of things, except he left out the one part, which is this could turn out to be a huge, as you talked about, Bernie, to your credit, this could turn out to be a huge advantage for the Democrats. And that's why I think this thing was leaked above and beyond anything else. Oh, it was leaked for both reasons. It was leaked for intimidation purposes to get the justices to change their minds. And it was leaked for distraction purposes to, to, to get the voters to, to forget about or the inflation, the border, the war and crime and all that crap and focus on they're stealing women's rights and they're going to be the histrionics are going to be up to a decibel uh, of like 100. It's going to be unbelievable. So anyway, you have that coming down the pike and that's a, a, a short a primer uh, to all of this uh, from on the Bernie and Sid show. Listen, we're going to speak to Bo Deedle. We're going to speak to gubernatorial candidate Rob Astorino on the show this morning. And plenty, plenty of other other news and opinions and laughs uh, f- from Sydney and myself, and maybe Lou Rafino. You know, Lou does a great uh, imitation of those guys on Dancing with the Stars, the uh, Bruno and the old English guy as well. He does a better imitation than I do. We got to get him to, uh, to 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 perform for us like a seal. Well, we'll throw Bernie, him a couple the, of the foxtrot is looking all right, Bernie. But you know, I'm not a fan of this newfangled stuff—the way you're moving around. Although it was all right for what it was. That's <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Just a little taste on the Bernie and Sid show. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We'll be right back. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So the Russian rocket, Pavel Bore, with a desperation effort. Pat Quinn hoping he gets the shot off. Bore and McTavish with one and six ten seconds. Puck is dropped. McTavish controls, and it's all over. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. Something that most people did not think they would hear in their lifetime. Made my dues. Time after time, I've done my sentence, but committed no crime, and bad mistakes, I've made a few, I've had my and kicked in my Oh, that iconic call 28 years ago already, 1994, the legendary Marv Albert 
Ranger skating on the Fifth Avenue side. I love when he did that. Rangers beat the Vancouver Canucks and Pablo Bure and Trevor Linden, that whole crew, in seven games after that epic series against the New Jersey Devils to go on and win the Stanley Cup. And uh, they've been back to the finals once since then. They went back uh, 20 years later in 2014 and lost to the Los Angeles Kings. But they start the road to the Stanley Cup finals tonight at Madison Square Garden hosting Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, who knows? It was a great year for the Rangers. <laughs> Man, they don't Two get seed. out of this round. No, they'll get out of this round. Okay. All right. You yeah. cut that out. You better cut that I'm out. I'm telling you. You better of, cut little, that out. It's a, lot it's a of little potential. premature to be playing We Are the Champions. I think no, so no, 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 no. I played that cut after Marv Albert said the Rangers had just won the Stanley Cup. That's why the song made sense, because they were, they were the champions when Marv said that. But, yes, right now it is only game one of a very long postseason. But it, uh, it's the best postseason. I've said this time and time again, doing sports my whole career, Major League Baseball World Series, the football playoffs, leading up to Super Bowl Sunday, the NBA playoffs. There is nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs, nothing. And when the home team is in it, the Rangers, it is uh, very, very exciting. Even, even Rosanna Scotto yesterday sat there, Bernie, on Channel 5 with Henrik Lundqvist. Of course, the last time the Rangers were in the finals, he was the goaltender. And uh, talked about how excited New York was for Ranger playoffs, which again, game one tonight at the Garden, game two Thursday night at the Garden before the series moves to Pittsburgh for a game three on Saturday. So while there's some serious stuff going on, Roe versus uh, Dwayne Wade and uh, all that stuff, <laughs> Rangers and uh, Penguins, very excited uh, about tonight. You, Burn? Uh, well, yeah, let's let's go Rangers. They booed Kathy Hochul, so uh, <laughs> I, I am a diehard Ranger fan right now. And, and I always have been, to be quite honest with you. So Didn't you go to Game 7 back then in 94? I went to Game 6. Oh, 6. They actually won that game and then lost, uh, I believe they won that. They won that. The, they won the game I went to. Yeah. And then they ultimately lost the, uh, oh, no, 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 excuse me. They lost the game that I went to. Right, and they and came they back and won, won Game 7. The, they won the trophy, exactly right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I'm a, I used to listen to the Rangers on the radio with Marv Albert on WNBC back in the 70s, believe it or not. Yeah. Along, along with the Knicks. So, yeah, I go way back as uh, far as my Ranger uh, affiliation and, uh, you know, admiration and fandom. Of course, all the guys at Madison Square Garden are your buddies, Bernie, especially Mike Breen, that whole MSG network of your buddies. I used to be this, uh, this uh, lore, at least, that there was Islander teams that won those four Stanley Cups in the early 1980s. And we've lost a couple of those guys, Mike Bossy and Clark Gillies. They both passed away recently. But the uh, the story was, Bernie, and, and you could uh, confirm and or deny this, that Imus actually, for some reason, ended up with the Stanley Cup. One of the Islanders gave it to him and that he peed in the cup or something. Is any of that true? Uh, well, maybe before my time with Imus, something like that happened. But I remember getting the cup. Uh, we we saw the cup. We got the cup at WFAN after the Rangers won. Oh, you did? By the way, Bob, Bob Gutkowski ran the organization. Yes. And I used to hang out with Bob Gutkowski, believe it or not. He ran the, he uh, ran Madison Square Garden, and he actually employed yeah. John Cirillo, who got you and I money-paying jobs. Uh, exactly right. Exactly right. But, uh, but you know, we had the cup, but nobody peed in it. I mean, we drank <laughs> out of it. Nobody peed in it. Right, okay. I figured that was uh, some uh, some urban legend, but uh, he said it went back to the Islander days, not the Ranger days. Either way, so, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting postseason, and it all begins tonight 
at Madison Square Garden, the Rangers and the Penguins, and we'll have more throughout the day on that, along with all the important stories, which Bernie covered about two or three of them in the very first segment. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, now it's time for the clip of the day, which is uh, traffic and sports is coming up next. Right time, right now it is time for Larry Kudlow. You hear him on WABC for, on Saturday mornings from ten to two uh, one p.m. Saturday mornings. Larry Kudlow, uh, take it away, Lou. This uh, disinformation board, uh, which some people are calling the Ministry of Truth, which is what Orwell uh, had in his book, and I'm going to get your take on that. I know you're going to hate it the way we all do, but the question, sir, now is how to deal with it, how to stop it. You know, it's got this crazy nutcase woman who's running it. It sits in uh, Secretary Mayorkas' office inside the Department of Homeland Security. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Will it go round in circles? I'm not sure. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. You know, uh, I was watching Channel 5 News last night. Uh, I, 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 I watch one local newscast, either that one or the one on Channel 7 with uh, Bill Ritter, just to learn about local news, just to see what's going on. Of course, they're, they're biased and uh, vapid, It's you know, just really dumbed down to the point of it's so insulting. But anyway, I guess there are a lot of stupid people out there, so maybe they're appealing to those folks. And uh, in, in any case, you had Laurie Stokes last night. And you, I knew Steve Lacey was uh, really just a, a mental midget. I didn't realize Laurie Stokes was uh, similar in that regard. Uh, she referred to the January 6th insurrection a couple of times. I mean, just factually, the January 6th insurrection is what she said. And, of course, it was anything but an insurrection. It was a... You know, it was, it is, whatever it was, it was not an insurrection. Nobody was ever arrested and charged with insurrection. Uh, so, uh, Steve Lacey and Lori Stokes, I'll just say it again. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your freaking brains are at? Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, the, you know, Lori Stokes, you know, nice lady and did news and then did that uh, morning show with Rosanna Scotto, who I love dearly, dearly for many, many years. But, um, I guess there are just so many Candace Owens out there, Bernard, you know. Most, um, maybe it's wrong on our part to assume that, on my part, I should say. But most African-American ladies in media today are more like Lori Stokes. So I wish I could tell you I was surprised, but I'm not. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not familiar with that. I haven't done a uh, survey or checked anything out. All I know is her, her, her allegation of insurrection was absolute uh, ignorance, if not stupidity. I'm just not sure which it was. But uh, in any case, there was that. Also, uh, you had, uh, you know, again, the big news, and we'll get to it in a moment, is this, uh, this leak from the Supreme Court about that the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. That is humongous. I can't stress to you how, how, how humongous this is, what a game changer it is for the election. Hopefully not too much so because, uh, and I've been saying this for a long time, I've been fearing this, that the Republicans will snatch defeat from the jaws of victory by introducing something that, that has nothing to do with the failures of this administration, which are legion, legion, I tell you, including this uh, idiot uh, uh you know, this idiotic move with this Ministry of Truth and this uh, Mayorkas uh, talking about the border, uh, talking about the Ministry of Truth. The uh, it, Technically, it's uh, what it, whatever it is, a dis, disinformation board or something like that. Anyway, and the lady chosen to run it, a total radical leftist lunatic dingbat uh, by the name of, uh, well, whatever the hell her name is. We call her Scary Poppins. Anyway, Mayorkas uh, on Sunday tried to defend her neutrality. Uh, uh, check this out. Cut nine. Republicans are criticizing y- your decision, the administration's decision to choose Nina Jankowitz to lead this disinformation board. They say she is not somebody who is neutral. Your response? Eminently qualified, a renowned expert in the field of disinformation. Absolutely so. Lies, lies, lies. And he lied in front of a Congress. He may be charged with perjury at some point. For all the lies he told, he was t- he lied right there to Dana Bash from CNN, uh, and, and she knows Dana asked the question and did a follow up because she knew that this lady is anything but neutral. Pushed the Russia collusion hoax, uh, so said that the Hunter laptop was a Trump campaign product. I mean, she was all over every hoax there was. I'm surprised they picked this Nina Jankowitz. I guess Jesse Smollett was un- unavailable to head up this disinformation uh, uh, board. But anyway, Newt Gingrich, he summed it up, uh, I thought, very, very nicely, this whole uh, Ministry of Truth thing. Cut number two, Newt Gingrich, Lou. This kind of stuff, I, I cannot overstate this. This is not about ideology. This is about mental illness. This is about people who are crazy and they're out of touch with reality. They're, they're, that's what they are. They're psychos. They're crazy communists. Is what they, they, They're total communists. They're nuts, and they don't even realize I mean, this is, I heard Bill O'Reilly yesterday on, uh, on Cats at Night, and what he said was that, uh, you know, don't worry, this is, isn't as bad as it sounds because it's such a farcical thing to do. It's going to backfire on, on them. He said uh, things like that, pretty much, and that they don't even have uh, the authority to do anything uh, pretty much in, in the area of truth, regulating truth or anything like that. He dismissed it, and he said pretty much don't worry about it. Speaking of uh, Cats at Night, uh, there was this Dr. Peter Mikolos on Cats at Night. Yes, I listened to Cats at Night last night. Actually, when and, uh, oh, John filled in for you with me a couple of weeks ago, we had Mikolos on together talking about John's uh, diet where he, he fasts, just doesn't eat up until like some at some point of the day. So I'm very familiar with Dr. Mikolos. He's very, very good. He really is. Uh, and he came on yesterday uh, on Cats at Night at 5 o'clock. Great show, 5 to 6 on 77 WABC. And he said this about uh, car batteries 
and uh, electric vehicles in general. Electric vehicle fires. Cut 21, Lou, Dr. Peter Mikolos. Well, another uh, major uh, explosion fire of an electric bus in Paris, France. And I was watching the video, and it's quite intense. But the reason it relates to health and safety is because when these electric cars explode, it puts out hydrogen cyanide gas. So if you're ever involved in that type of a fire or you're in another type of car, run away as fast as you can from that type of fire. They burn extremely hot and also after they put them out, they also reignite multiple times, which is a big problem. And most fire departments around the world are not prepared to handle it now that they're putting them in condos and basements. When one lights up, it can ignite in a series of a chain reaction. Wow. So they're very, very dangerous. Fire department, 20 times the, the amount of water needed to put out one electric vehicle car fire than the standard uh, gasoline fueled a car. So uh, a lot we don't know about these uh, electric things, these new Green New Deal uh, products. A lot we don't know that are dangerous, that uh, may just, uh, just screw us up as they, they, they cut our you know fossil fuel industry prematurely because we're not ready for all of this electric vehicle stuff i went for radiation yesterday believe it or not sloan kettering has a has an annex out in uniondale believe it, right right next to hofstra and which is a hop skip and a jump from my house and it's very very convenient for me so i did go i left the show early yesterday and i went for a, a radiation i'm getting like five or six radiation uh uh you know uh, procedures if you will and uh, one of them yesterday but either way when I parked, I saw in the parking lot they had room for about 50 cars to charge uh, electric vehicles to charge up. They had plugs, believe it or not. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I saw it for the first time. And so it's here. We're creeping towards this uh, green new deal unless we have the course correction that we need in November of 2022 and, of course, November of 2024. And to that point, of course, before we had last night's Supreme Court leak, uh, they're doing everything to pander, to pander, to, to distract. And one of them is uh, canceling student debt. And keep this in mind, a, a college student debt, 56% of a college student debt is held, listen to this, 56% by graduate students. So we're talking about professionals, doctors, lawyers, people like that. And you got, uh, you know, you got uh, construction workers, you got truck drivers that are going to pay for these debts to be canceled. So you're going to have blue-collar people paying for these professionals who took out debt, knew what they were doing, calculated way down the line how they're going to pay it off. I mean, it's all good, but nevertheless, they're going for this uh, type of pander. And this dude, Mike Rowe, you and I have had him on the show, Sid, yeah. in the past. He was the host of Dirty Jobs. He also uh, was the voice for the uh, show where the boats went out and they caught uh, crabs. What the hell was the name of that thing? Uh, I know uh, what you're talking about. He, I, actually, uh, I actually brought him up last week because I saw him on the Jesse Waters show, and he was doing a report on how difficult it is for cops to recruit in just about every city across America. So I did bring up Mike Rowe last week. He's very, very good. Very good. He's great. By the way, it was the deadliest cat. Yes, he was the narrator yes. for that for many, many years. And I actually enjoyed that show. I used to watch it. But... Here, Mike Rowe talks about uh, student debt and how unfair it is. Cut seven, please, Lou. What I hear from construction workers and what I hear from farmers and people in the energy sector is a kind of incredulity 
right? I mean, they hear the words and they understand what's going on, but they're looking over their shoulder like they're on an episode of Punked. You know, they, they just can't believe we're having this conversation. Seriously, are we really going to forgive $1.6 trillion in student loans or whatever the number is? Are you really going to do that right now? You're going to ask me to pay for that. Exactly right. I mean, it's just completely, totally unfair. doesn't make any sense. And the best part is he elaborated. Listen to what he said. Cut eight, Lou, please. When we took shop out of high school, we didn't just make a financial decision. We made an optics decision. And we affirmatively decided to tell the whole generation of kids what doesn't matter. So when you don't give a kid a chance to even look at metal shop or carpentry or wood shop or any of that stuff, you send a super clear message. I think the larger issue is the value judgment. They're wondering, why did somebody somewhere decide that the cost of this diploma was more important than the cost of the tools that allow me to build the very office in which we're having the conversation? How and when did that happen? And who's talking on our behalf about maybe changing it? Bingo. The man, the, the working man spokesperson, Mike Rowe, on canceling a student debt, which is a stupid idea. It's going to be so expensive in this age, of course, of, uh, well, you know, inflation. And uh, by the way, the good news is that uh, Nancy Pelosi, she went over to the Ukraine. The bad news is she actually came back. Damn, I hate that. So uh, her and uh, Adam Schiff went over there yesterday, excuse me, yesterday, over the weekend. And uh, listen to this. Uh, Tucker Carlson, he came up with this, uh, well, this this theory uh, as to why the Democrats actually want to engage in war in the Ukraine. They want boots on the ground to fight the Russians in Ukraine. This is Tucker Carlson from last night. Cut 11, please, Lou. The war in Ukraine is designed to cause regime change in Moscow. They want to topple the Russian government. That would be payback for the 2016 election. So this is the logical, maybe the inevitable end stage of Russiagate. Now, we should have seen this coming because they said it out loud years ago. Here's Adam Schiff from two years ago predicting it, saying it. As one witness put it during our impeachment inquiry, the United States aids Ukraine and her people so that we can fight Russia over there and we don't have to fight Russia here. So we arm Ukraine so we can fight Russia. Now, how many Americans, whatever you think of Putin, probably not much, justifiably, probably don't have a lot of interest in moving to Russia. But how many Americans then or now want to, quote, fight Russia? A very small group. But Adam Schiff said it out loud at the time in the House of Representatives. We don't arm Ukraine so we can help the Ukrainians. They're merely unfortunate pawns in all of this. We arm Ukraine so that we can punish Russia. Why? For stealing Hillary Clinton's coronation. There you go. That's uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, theory as to why uh, everybody, well, a lot of these uh, liberals, they're war hawks when it comes to Ukraine. But I would ask Tucker this. Why then do you have people like Mark Levin and Brian Kilmeade who are essentially of the same mindset? I mean, they pretty much want troops on the oh, ground. No, 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 no. Don't, don't include Brian Kilmeade. we got to get that cut. Uh, I actually had Brian on the show two Fridays ago. When uh, you weren't here. And uh, I said, hey, Brian, Bernie is intimating that you want boots on the ground. And he went nuts. We'll get the cut for you. But, no, you don't include Brian Kilmeade in that group. He absolutely never has and never wants any boots on the ground in Ukraine. Oh, he, well, yeah. he's, he's I'll, I'll get the clip for you. He's talking to two different audiences because. Uh, Uh-oh, he pulled the Tom Swazi. Uh, yeah, believe me when I tell you, I watched his uh, Saturday night show. Okay. And I listened to his 10 o'clock show as well. 
This guy wants to escalate. He wants he wants more U.S. involvement, and he came everything. He said everything but let's get some United States boots on the ground. Okay. Uh, did did Brian kill me? One last thing: the Russian, uh, this Russian lawmaker on Russian TV yesterday, threatening to obliterate the U.K. with nukes. Cut seventeen, please, Lou. One Sarmat missile, and that's it. The British Isles are no more. But we are serious people. And I am saying that seriously. They're accusing us of state terrorism. The UK also has nuclear weapons. The question is, can they shoot it down? This missile can't be intercepted. Their abilities are limited. They say they can shoot it down. We will see about that. Imagine that. They're talking about one nuclear missile taking out, obliterating, wiping out the U.K. wiping it off the map. This is where we are right now. It's a very, very perilous, dangerous time. I mean, a cornered the rat like Putin, he could do anything he wants, I guess, at this point. What does he have to lose? The, the rumors are he's dying, he's got something, who knows. But either way, on the Bernie and Sid show, the big news, the Supreme Court leak. We're going to speak to uh, Bo Deedle. We're going to speak to Rob Astorino. 1-800-848-922 is the number on the Bernie and Sid show. Keep it right here, folks. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say. You're a Harry Harrison Beatles breakfast. Eddie's Kazari loves that. 705 on your sunny. Here comes the sun Tuesday morning in New York City. Temperatures today expected to hit the mid 60s. And then we've got a beautiful day on the horizon on Thursday. Could be 72 and sunny on Thursday. And then uh, I think the sun returns on Sunday and Monday. Next week is supposed to be pretty nice. Highs in the upper 60s and low 70s as we inch towards Memorial Day weekend and really the official start of summer. Right around the corner, Bernie. There you go. Uh, so um, the, 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 the sound of the word Memorial Day weekend. I know. Just, just, I don't know. It does things to me. No, me too. No, I love it. And it is, again, the official start uh, of the whole deal. And uh, the beauty is for me and Bernie, and this uh, we say at the risk of repetition, ad nauseum, we don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to go to the Jersey Shore or the Hamptons or the Fire Island to find water and serenity. We've, and Lou, too, by the way. We've got it uh, right outside our house. So it's uh, right around the corner, folks. Here comes the summer, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful one. <laughs> don't link me with you elitists, please. <laughs> you're Jeez. right there. God. What do you mean? You're, you're, you're Mr. Rockaway. Hey, you are hey, Mr. Rockaway. Hey, hey, Bernard, how's your boardwalk doing? Mine's great, too. Oh, I got the sun. Oh, it's great. That's funny. You hey, st- wait a second. You were there, as Sid just said. You're, you're yeah. there yourself. Of course. I, I, I know that, but I'm not throwing it in people's faces like, hey, we don't have to go anywhere. We got our <laughs> vacation spot. <laughs> well, talk you? to your boy. Okay. Hey, listen. I, am. I, I spent way too many Thursdays and Fridays on the road going here and going there. Hard Rock, Jersey Shore, Mommy and Daddy in, in, in the country upstate. Way too many of those. And, and I'm looking forward to doing nothing this summer but stay home and get some sun i'll be on the beach in fact today and thursday but uh getting back to our last conversation bernard you talked about uh, brian Kilmeade, and uh you said that uh, brian is one of those guys that would like to see boots on the ground like uh, tucker 
in uh, the Ukraine. So about two. No, no, no. Tucker does not want boots on the ground. Oh. He wants anything but. Oh, oh, excuse he, me. I stand corrected. Yeah, he's, expo- he's exposing the uh, the liberals. A lot of people think this. First of all, Joe Biden sending thirty another thirty three billion. Ridiculous. I think the total figure is one hundred and thirty three billion. Yeah. yeah. And uh, meanwhile, his son received uh, millions of dollars from the Ukraine government. There's something sneaky going on. There's some money laundering operation. Some weirdness going on with uh, our government, our idiocracy, and the Ukraine. No doubt. Uh, so, so, so they have those people who are looking to to get the United States more involved in a war with Russia. And of course, I pointed out uh, last segment uh, that Tucker says that it's all uh, a, a, an effort to, at revenge for uh, the Russians helping uh, get Trump elected in 2016. That's what Tucker said yesterday. But then, how would you account for people like? Mark Levin and Brian Kilmeade, who really want us to get involved as much as uh, Pelosi and Schiff and those people, and they, they're not, you know, they're not, uh, they don't want any revenge for, uh, you know, a Russia trying to get Trump elected. They're glad Trump was elected. So right, right. I don't know how he reconciles the two. Is my question? Well, I, and you I don't say know. that. Uh, yeah, I brought Kilmeade, it up. With, you know, I brought it up with Brian Kilmeade, and here is the audio. Uh, Brian, Bernie contends you want boots on the ground. This was about uh, two weeks ago on Bernie and Sid. So your name came up uh, in discussion on on our show this week. That's why I called you to come on. And we were talking about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And Bernie, who's out today, he's still not feeling well. He'll be back on Monday. He said, you know, there's a couple of guys out there in the media, including Brian Kilmeade, that are all for putting boots on the ground, our kids. And I go, listen, I haven't heard this. Uh, Maybe you're right. But I know Brian pretty well. There is no way in a million years Brian Kilmeade would want our kids to serve in this battle. And Bernie said, no, no, I'm telling you, he is on record. He is absolutely 1,000% behind that. Is Bernie right? No, I mean, uh, I don't even think, I know Chris Coons brought it up, but I don't even remember being brought up about, uh, I think he brought it up on a Sunday show in one statement that we got to do whatever we can to make sure they win. But that's what he brought up. I don't think that I'd ever, um, if I miss, if I was misinterpreted by Bernie because he's a genius and never gets anything wrong, but he, uh, in this case, he's wrong. Cause I don't think I feel that way, but I am, I'll tell you what, there's no doubt about it, Sid, and you bring this up, is that amongst Republicans, there's a divide here. No question. I mean, if you listen to Tucker at night, different from Sean Hannity, I'm with Sean on this. And Laura Ingram, very much feeling as though we need the $800 million here. I think we could do both, and I absolutely see our national security in this story. There it is. He uh, uh, really vehemently denied that he said anything uh, no, 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 like he, that. It, wasn't a, it was not a vehement denial, not at all. No, he says, I don't recall. Chris Kuhn said it, but I don't recall. He was he, 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 any, everything but calling for boots on the ground. He wants us to get involved. He thinks it's, it, there is a, a United States national security interest in it. And uh, I, and I wish you, you would do these things while I'm there so I can present my case and back it up while he's there and say, well, Brian, you said this, that, 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 which I would do. I'd get what, what he said on his Saturday show because that's what I saw when I was formed that opinion of, of him. Uh, that, was, I, that was anything but a vehement denial. And by the way, when I'm out, it's not because I don't feel well. It's because I'm receiving treatment. I feel fine. I was getting chemotherapy that week, but uh, I felt great. Even getting the chemotherapy, I felt fine, just for the record. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Brian Kilmeade, I, I didn't hear, hear a vehement denial. He is, he is he's t- trying to jack up people to uh, get, you know, the United States more involved. And he's right. As far as the uh, Fox News lineup, you have Laura, you have Tucker, 
who are against involvement. They're like, you know, let's take care of our own borders. And that's what that's my opinion as well. Sean Hannity a little less, uh, you know, a little less uh, you know, rah, rah, rah about getting involved. Uh, Mark Levin is all about it. And uh, so is Brian Kilmeade, all about getting involved in the Ukraine, which I think is dumb because there is no national security interest. And I don't trust these idiots down there in Washington, D.C., to do anything, much less fight a war against Russia and drag our sons into it, which is exactly what would happen if we got involved into no, it. I, I'm, I'm with, uh, and I'm with you on that a thousand percent. I told him that later in the conversation, which you did not hear, that I'm against uh, getting more involved in uh, the whole thing. I mean, we've been on this, you and I, talking about this from day one. We both feel exactly the same way. That did I did have a conversation with Brian later on, but they did play the part there uh, your contention, and uh, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it wasn't a a vehement denial. Now that you said he doesn't recall, that is usually not a vehement denial. So there it is. Brian Kilmeade comes your way at ten o'clock and, every morning right after me and Bernard. Can I just say this? That I, I I really like Brian Kilmeade. I've known him for years. I really like him. I admire his work ethic. Nobody works harder than Brian Kilmeade, and he's entitled to his opinion. Uh, but uh, I just think it's a dangerous uh, opinion. I think it's a dangerous approach that he's taking, and others including a Pelosi, Schiff, Biden, yeah. and even Mark Levin at this point. Yep. So we can agree to disagree, but I, I have all the respect in the world, and uh, actually, uh, short of love, I really like uh, Brian Kilmeade. I just want to, for the record, yeah. I just want to say that. He knows that, and I feel the same exact way, and I, and I also vehemently disagree with him and Levin, but he, they both know that uh, we like them, we're friendly, we're all friends, but it's okay to disagree and uh, still be friends. Wake now, th- there you go, Mark Levin. The Roe versus Wade stuff, I-, I think you heard Deb at the top of the news play a clip from Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Dershowitz was on with Rita Cosby last night. No better voice to talk about this, in my opinion, than, uh, than Alan Dershowitz. You've got three really good cuts uh, from Alan here, Bernard, talking about this uh, decision, the Supreme Court decision, which was leaked uh, yesterday. And uh, here it is. This is courtesy of the Rita Cosby Show, heard weeknights right after Bill O'Reilly at 10 o'clock here on WABC. Three very good cuts from Alan Dershowitz talking about the Democrats, talking about Republicans now with an issue after this comes out. Here is a cut number one where he talks about, like you said earlier, where the leak may have come from. Well, it sounds authentic to me. I've looked at the opinion. It looks like an Alito opinion, and Alito would be a logical person to write a majority opinion overruling Burrow versus Wade. The big issue, the big mystery, it's going to be a terrific mystery to be solved is who leaked it. And I have a theory. All I have is a theory, and my theory is that it was leaked by a law clerk who was very pro upholding Roe versus Wade, who was very opposed to reversing it. And he leaked it to Politico, which would be sympathetic to that view, in order to try to maybe get some change. Because if nothing, if it weren't leaked, the decision would probably come down in June and it would overrule Roe versus Wade. And now the leaking has will result in Congress uh, wanting maybe to pack the court between now and then and get two more justices or maybe uh, an attempt to get national legislation passed supporting uh, a woman's right to choose abortion. But this was not just a leak uh, for the usual Washington, D.C. purposes. This was a leak with a purpose, I believe, by a person, a law clerk, who was willing to engage in an act of civil disobedience, risking their own career. 
um, for making this leak is if somebody's caught, their career is over. Career is over. Now, in this second part, he talks uh, by about... By the way, a, a, a lot of validation, a, a lot of what he said there, I said last hour, uh, a law clerk from somebody, from one of the liberal justices, and and, and it, it designed to get the, the opinions changed. By the way, these these five justices, uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, the Gorsuch, et cetera, the five of them, Roberts excluded from the five from the six conservatives, already receiving death threats. Yeah, so, I figured uh, that. Anyway, yeah. Here is yes, uh, the second bad, cut where Dershowitz talks about the possibility or the, the chance that uh, the Democrats now will look to pack the Supreme Court. I think there's going to be tremendous pressure on the Democratic majority to uh, um, pack the court. Now, can they do it with a 50-50 split in the Senate? I don't think so, but it's possible. No. Could they pass national right to abortion legislation with a 50-50 Senate? I don't know. Um, and so uh, all I believe is that the law clerk who leaked this, and that's who it probably was, uh, did it for a purpose in an attempt to try to reverse this. Um, probably somebody who felt that this is so important, so critical, that he or she is willing to risk their career to do it. And finally, the last cut, once again, courtesy of Rita Cosby, terrific show, 10 p.m. weeknights on WABC. Alan Dershowitz's his opinion on how this may affect the Republicans. Well, I think it's historic. I think it will backfire. I think it will hurt the Republicans electorally. Uh, in the short term, it might help them. But in the long term, the vast majority of Americans support a woman's right to choose abortion. And that will become a legislative issue now, and it will probably hurt the Republicans. Um, this is historic. Uh, I myself strongly uh, oppose reversing Roe versus Wade, whether it was right or wrong when decided, is not the issue. It's been the law for 50 years. So there you have it, and, and uh, yeah. in, in your defense, uh, well, not in your defense, but to what you just said in that very first segment when you presented the story and did a pine on it, uh, you, you said uh, the same stuff that he said, uh, or he said the same stuff that you said. Pretty much everything. Yeah, well, that's why I kind of played that to uh, once again validate what you well, had to say earlier because you, you sounded exactly the same, exactly the same. Thank you, Sid Rosenberg. Bernard McGurk and Alan Dershowitz uh, opining and, uh, and analyzing it. Uh, equally uh, on the same page, pretty much, uh, and, and I did not go to Harvard. No, you didn't. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Still, lots more to come this hour. The morning message from our good friend Bill O'Reilly, and of course, it's a Tuesday morning. Every Tuesday at seven forty, the great Bo Deedle stops by as well. We roll on on a big Tuesday show. We are. Bernie and Sid. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno.
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Just ahead of the great New York icon, Bo Deedle, a man who I love dearly. And we'll speak next hour to Rob Astorino, who is, uh, if it all went well yesterday, he's now officially on the ballot to run for governor of the state of New York, Rob Astorino. And uh, things are getting ugly there. We spoke to Andrew Giuliani yesterday. Things are getting really heated between the three of them uh, for the primary. We're not sure if the primary will be in June or August because of these whole gerrymander rule. Uh, the gerrymander situation, which was thrown out because it was corrupt, uh, you know, the committee was appointed by the, the, the completely biased state legislature, and it was a ridiculous uh, combination of districts, of, of neighborhoods, into one district. And they said, what are you doing? Get rid of this. So anyway, uh, we'll speak to Rob Astorino about all that. And, of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier last hour, uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, primaries, there's two of them, as Sid pointed out. There's one in Indiana. But the big one is in Ohio where Trump's reputation, Donald Trump's reputation, pretty much not completely on the line, but it's going to be a, a test. He endorsed uh, this guy, J.D. Vance, the author of Hillbilly Elegy, and uh, you had uh, Rand Paul, believe it or not, and Ted Cruz got out there, endorsed other people. And uh, by the way, yesterday, uh, it was over the weekend, Trump, he mixed up uh, a J.D. Vance and somebody else. Yeah. People trying to make hay out of that. I'll tell you, it was think, MSNBC this morning. And that, by the way, J.D. Vance, at last look, has over a four-point lead in Ohio uh, leading up to that primary this morning. But uh, Joe and Mika have spent a lot of time this morning talking about that, which is unbelievable when you consider how many how many times Joe Biden has forgotten, heck, the people that are with him every single day. I mean, every day. They're going to make a big every, deal that Trump uh, mixed up Banton's name? Give me a break. Listen, when he couldn't, uh, when he screwed up the kleptocracy thing, or when he sh- tried to shake hands with air, and when when the Easter Bunny had to redirect him for, for away from a conversation, those outlets said nothing, nothing. That was horrible. You know, uh, Lou, I didn't tell you this uh, uh, before we came on the air, but cut four. That is the Trump mixing up the uh, the names J D Vance and this guy Mandel. I think it's J P Mandel, who by the way is completely pro Trump as well. They're all vying for the Trump vote, and Trump picked J D Vance anyway. This was the screw-up that MSNBC is trying to make hay out of. Cut four, please. We've endorsed J.P., right? J.D. Mandel, and he's doing great. They're all doing good. So he screwed up. There it was. Big deal. Whoop, Whoop-de-damn-do. He's out there in Ohio at a rally. Uh, either way, his guy, J.D. Vance, uh, shot up in the poll, just like uh, Ron DeSantis did back uh, a few years ago when Trump plucked him from obscurity in the uh, GOP primary for governor down in Florida, and ultimately Ron DeSantis went on to win. We'll see if that's the case with the J.D. fans and Donald Trump today. But uh, this one here is, uh, well, you know, for laughs. Uh, this is uh, th- out in California. You have this uh, Republican congresswoman. Her name is Michelle Steele, and she's a Korean immigrant, but she's a staunch conservative, and she's very effective. And anyway, this guy who's running against her, his name is Jay Chen, now, this is cut 24 from yesterday, Lou. He said this about her really heavy Korean accent. Uh, please play it. Yeah, so she just had another town hall the other day, and um, it's tough. Like, we've transcribed it. You kind of need an interpreter to figure out exactly what she's saying. Uh, the more she speaks, the better for us. 
Can you imagine if uh, a Republican said that about mm. some Latino mm. yeah. with a heavy accent, of which we have many here in New York? Uh, they're going to try to use the accent against that person. But in any case, Michelle Steele, a shot back at this guy. Cut 25, Lou. My accent is my story. You know what? English is my third language. And I think he just put all the first generations who doesn't speak English as a first language, he put everybody down. As a Republican, if I said, if I speak perfect English yes. without accent, yes. and if I said something like that, yes. I don't think I can run for I, public I agree office. with you. You know, you have to be pretty damn smart because Korean to English, the master of the English language, uh, it's not a romance language like, for example, French, Italian, whatever, and English. They're all, you know, they're, they're not the same, obviously, but they're similar. But Korean is a totally different animal, and to master it, you have to be pretty damn smart. But in any case, you had that out in California. And one other thing here, uh, all the teachers that I played, before uh, Ron DeSantis passed the Parental Rights Act, all the teachers with the nose rings and the green hair bragging about grooming a little uh, kids, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, grooming them for this uh, transgender uh, movement, and also grooming them for God knows what else, for, for perverted purposes. I, 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 I really shudder to speculate on that. But anyway, here's another one. Uh, this is from Libs of TikTok, another teacher bragging about grooming a f kindergartners, first graders, into their their stupid, warped, a uh, gender dysphoria mentality. Uh, this is cut one, please, Lou. This is how I explain what being transgender means to kids. When a baby is born, the doctor looks at the baby and says, oh, this is a little girl, or, oh, this is a little boy. And sometimes the doctor gets that wrong. So when I was born, the doctor looked at me and said, this is a little girl. And so everybody thought that I was a little girl. But when I got older, I realized, wait, that's not actually who I am. And when I was able to tell people, I said, I'm not a little girl, I'm a little boy. And that just means that I am transgender. That who everybody said that I was isn't actually who I am. And I just had to explain that to people. And there's nothing wrong with being transgender. That is a teacher in California bragging about uh, uh, indoctrinating kids into this sick mentality that it's okay to get your wiener whacked off or your breasts is whacked off as a kid. And by the way, it's coming out more and more that the, the 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 vast majority of kids who have these things done, they regret them before they reach 18, or at the very least, before they reach their 20s. They regret them big time, and their lives are completely ruined. They're ruining kids. This is sick. You can't even get a tattoo until you're 18 years old because, well, you don't really know what you're doing. You, you're a youth, and they're stealing these kids' innocence, blah, blah, blah. We told you from uh, many, many, uh, on many other occasions, but just another example of that. Finally here, uh, this is uh, a Barack Obama. The Ministry of Truth is out there, and people are wondering where this came from because Joe Biden, he's a figurehead, he's a Trojan horse. But uh, the truth of the matter is Obama's running the show. You have Obama, Susan Rice, Ron Klain. But the proof of this is uh, about two weeks ago, this is Obama uh, rationalizing having a Ministry of Truth because of in his words, disinformation. By the way, he was the president when the Russia collusion hoax started. Anyway, cut 25, Obama, please, Lou. People are dying because of misinformation. We see that our new information ecosystem is turbocharging some of humanity's worst impulses. Regulation has to be part of the answer. While content moderation can limit the distribution of clearly dangerous content, it doesn't go far enough. 
doesn't go far enough. Content moderation, by the way, is a euphemism for censorship, is what that is. So there you have Barack Obama, a hard, cold, hard, stone cold proof that he's behind this thing right there. He was uh, setting the stage for it a couple of weeks ago. Traffic and sports, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next right now. It's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Larry Kudlow. This and every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Here, Mr. Kudlow asks how to stop the crazy woman at the Disinformation Ordinance Board, a.k.a. the Ministry of Truth. This uh, Disinformation Board, uh, which some people are calling the Ministry of Truth, which is what Orwell uh, had in his book. And I've got to get your take on that. I know you're going to hate it the way we all do, but the question, sir, now is how to deal with it, how to stop it. You know, it's got this crazy nutcase woman who's running it. It sits in uh, Secretary Mayorkas' office inside the Department of Homeland Security. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Almost uh, three decades as one of the greatest cops, if not the greatest, in the history of this city. It's gone on to become an unbelievable actor. Whether it's Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, Godfather of Harlem, Gravesend, or the Irishman, which he stole from De Niro and Pacino. And, of course, most importantly, for the better part of three decades, dear friends of both of ours, Bernie and Sid, here he is with his spectacular Tuesday morning appearance, 740 every Tuesday the great Bo Deedle. And before we exchange pleasantries and niceties, Bo, uh, your guy Eric Adams looked foolish last night at the Met Gala and continues to do a horrendous job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your guy. All I, know, all I know is one thing. To hear you guys in the morning together brings me up because I know one thing. They don't need the truth agency. All they have to do is listen to you two guys I love you. I love what you do. Nice. You say it like it is. You tell the truth. We don't need an agency for that. <laughs> as far as my friend Eric Adams went, <clears throat> I kind of saw him last night. Um, put it this way. I, I, it's a, there's a tie between uh, AOC wearing the hush stupid dress <laughs> and him wearing the jacket. So I kind of agree with you. I think you look kind of, hey, Eric, if you listen, I think you look kind of stupid. You happen to be one of the best-dressed guys I have ever seen, but uh, you took away from your credibility wearing that crap on the back of your jacket. Yep, we do have end gun violence. But, Eric, the guns are not killing people, Eric. You know who's killing people? All those little punks that are all over the city continuously using guns as a vehicle to kill and rob people. That's what it's all about. And, Mr. Mayor, I said it again. I see the now... The motorbike gangs are even younger now. Now they have the bicycle gangs that run around like rat packs. And they now, I saw them the other day, bashing a car with a couple inside the car because the car came close. Well, they hit the car by the mistake, and then they smashed the windows. People are living in fear, fighting so much. That's what we should be worried about. And again, guns don't kill people. People pull the damn triggers. I can't get this out of my head. There's one thing I did learn that I want to share with you, and I'm not going to tell you who I was with, 
but a very important person. You know this uh, qualified immunity crap yes. that was passed by the New York City Council of Morons, and I would use another uh, adjective, but I don't want to curse on the air. And now I found out that it was passed in the New York City Council, but if there was ever any cases where they would go to is the New York State Court. It would be every court is a New York State Court. The only courts in New York City are these stupid traffic courts. Only in New York City would that be uh, effective to cops. So the cops that are listening out there, if there are ever charges that are brought against you under this stupid qualified immunity thing, you'll be tried in a state court, and this qualified immunity is not present. They're trying to get it in the state court. But at this time, the thing that I learned is you will be in a state court, which does not, not take effect. So go out and do your job. Do the right thing. Explain why you're doing what you did. If you got to crack a guy in the head with a gun, you punch him in the face, and you take the gun away and say, yep, I gave him a right hook, and I took that gun away. Yes, I did. And you want to know something? I saved his life and maybe saved my partner in my life. That's what you say. But we need the cops to go out there and get their hands out off and start doing their job again. Please, guys, I understand, guys and gals, I understand what's going on. So this is one of the issues that I really, I'm really affected by. It. And, and listening, I was at the wedding uh, <clears throat> in Mar-a-Lago this weekend with, uh, with Trump and Malani there at the great governor. I was able to speak with uh, Trump and the governor. He was very relaxed, Donald Trump. I've never seen him so relaxed since he's been the president. He said, I left at 1230 at night. He was dancing, slow dancing, dancing through the night away. It was it was great to see him in, in, in really good form. I just hope that he decides not to run for president, passes the baton. And the guy who I really love is that governor. And that governor that down oh there. boy, this and is I'm big. This is right huge, Bo. Well, I'm telling you right out because this country does not need division, and we know one thing. And, and Bernie, you know I love you, and, and Sid. But the fact is, he is hated. They'll start giving. They'll start let people vote as they're coming over to Rio Grande next, and they will beat <laughs> by against Donald Trump. So let's get some person in there that's going to bring us together. And I tell you what, tomorrow, and I'll say it right now, I would vote for Manchin tomorrow for president of the United States to bring us together. we got to come together. This division's killing me, and all this nonsense that we see, we got this Homeland Security. That's the first guy that we just made Orcas, and he, he is that other idiot, Nina Jankowicz. But Mayorkas is there. He should use her for the misinformation. He's the one that says we have no problem at the border. Everything is just fine. This moron should be put under investigation. And, and, and he can appoint, appoint that Mary Poppins idiot singing the super fragile glasses. I can't even say it. But he said it. <laughs> but it's all, this is what it's all about. People are, worry, people are worrying about the statue of my Italian heritage. Christopher Columbus, that's the new thing again. Here we go. Why don't we worry about the crime problem, you moron from from Staten Island? Yeah, this woman that's running for Congress. We got to support our girl in Staten Island, our girl, our lady in Staten Island, uh, Malatakis, because this is another moron worrying about the statue of Christopher Columbus. How about worrying about all the people being robbed and assaulted? This is what 
it really upsets me so much. One good one good point this weekend, and I clapped for it. Guess who died? Kathy Bodine. She's dead. My good riddance, old bag. She oh, died. Really yeah. Up in the freight robbery in Rockland County. With sure. Thank God was killed. She died. You know what? I had a drink of some 19, what was it, 42, and I drank two shots when I found that she took the pipe. <laughs> you, you radical moron. I had all shed a tear for garbage. You like commie business. Hey, listen, she's yeah, the mother. Believe She's the mother. Listen, uh, Bo, she's the mother of the San Francisco district attorney, the radical district attorney who really is a legal aid lawyer. Who's just He holds that office, but he's in that office just to let criminals out of prison. Uh, she's the mother yeah. of that creep. Uh, yeah, so good riddance to her is I, right. I, I hate to rage every time I come on Tuesday morning, but you guys and, and John and everyone gives me a platform to talk, and I really appreciate it because this is the only place that I would be allowed. Fox uh, kind of banned me because they didn't like to hear me tell the truth about, at that time, five, 600 uh, blacks, blacks killed by other blacks. Every year when uh, when you had the president that came from there, you had this little moron with the mayor and this other uh, uh, Frankenstein-looking uh, mayor there. Now, all of a sudden, they don't like me over there. But this is my show, and I'm very happy to be on here with my podcast. But here's the biggie. All right, we just learned that Big Bird de Blasio, my nemesis, is staying in this hotel, uh, Marriott Hotel in Brooklyn. These rooms go from 600 to $5,000 a night. You want to know something? All I know is the owners of this hotel, they all got all these city contracts. It was all paid for play. And I remember when I ran for mayor, I said, where is the investigation on the bribery against Big Bird de Blasio. They arrested and convicted those two Jewish kids from Brooklyn, uh, Rich Nick and his other partner there. They were convicted. But everyone has to understand, when you have bribery as a crime, you have the person that's the bribe giver, and then you have the bribe receiver. And the bribe receiver was Big Bird de Blasio. Why was he not indicted? I'm calling out to any U.S. attorney in the Southern District who has any ball bag to let me investigate it. Also, while we're at it, they had a $1 billion that's unexplained still with Charlie and de Blasio there. With that Operation Thrive, it went away. Now, a lot of people, you know, want to know where it got, where it went? And I'll say it on your show. They gave money to all these baloney nonprofits. All you had to do is say, hey, Charlie and I got a nonprofit. Okay, I'll get you some money. But you got to remember, you got to leave a little bit of that cash for me because we're not going to be in office forever. And there's a slush fund there, and I will guarantee you, if you follow the money, you'll find out that, and I'm saying that Bill de Blasio and his wife, Charlene, stole money from this city. It's time to face the pipe up. So mm-hmm. Big Bird, right in Brooklyn, Big Bird, and your wife is from uh, <laughs> You too. They should get a cell. You know what they could do? They could put you in adjoining cells. Agreed. He, actually, he uh, was uh, moments right. ago, literally, as you started your diatribe about Bill de Blasio, he stepped onto the set of Morning Joe with uh, those two horrible people, uh, Joe Scarborough and Mika. He is now like a weekly guest on that show, and he was giving President Biden some advice and, and actually giving specifics. He said, 
don't make the same mistakes I made as mayor, as president. So MSNBC feels like this guy was a good enough politician to put him on weekly. That's all you need to know, Bo. <laughs> all, all, all I could say is that we we really have to get our cops to understand one thing. This, this qualified immunity only takes effect in state courts. New York City, the ones that pass it, that council, did you, I, did you ever see what they look like? They look like the bar scene from Star Wars. <laughs> Remember what, what yeah. those creatures? Yeah. And you're right. Sure, your yeah. mom called them creatures. And your mother's right. That's a very good uh, description. <laughs> creatures. They are creatures in the city council, like Mama said. All I yeah, can they're say is a bunch of freaks. Creatures. And now oh. we we talk about we talk about the, the gun team out there that they know they're not anti crime. They are. Look, this is an all-out war. Let's stop kicking this hand down the street. Let's get out there, roll up our sleeves and support our cops and let them do their job. Eric, you have a police department. Eric, this is your city. If you don't clean it up, Eric, I don't think there's going to be another place that you can go after New York. Right now, you're in a catbird seat to clean this city up. You speak well. You say what you want to do, but let's do it. And you're having meetings with the PD. I would welcome any time you want me to come down one street, police plaza. I talk to cops all the time. I talk to chiefs all the time. Hey, look, we've got to reestablish the police department and make them proud again so they can go out there and do their job instead of treat them like garbage. Just so you know, yeah. talking about Eric Adams, Bernie, I know you know this, but there was a poll taken, may have been yesterday, and uh, here's where uh, New Yorkers don't agree with Sid Rosenberg and Bernard McGurk. 60%, 60% think that Eric Adams is doing a good job. And I can't help but think Bill de Blasio was so bad that they've lowered the barometer to the point where as long as he's breathing, they're going to say he's doing a good job because he's doing a horrendous job on every front, on every front, and 60% of New Yorkers say Eric Adams is doing a good job. Well, it's just like the uh, national news, the the fake local news. uh, they, They twist and they skew things in favor of Eric Adams. They don't present you with the hardcore facts, the data, and that's partially why, because they, they consume the news and they believe what they, they see and read, and uh, he gets he benefits from that, and because benefits well, you from know, lies. you got to understand something, guys. Where do these polls come out, and who runs these polls? The whole fact of the matter is people who are voting in New York, look what the makeup of New York the majority of the New Yorkers are, are progressive liberal people, and that's the reason why they keep electing these progressive liberal do-nothing people. Now, that's when they run a poll, but the problem here, again, is these polls can sway people, too. And and a lot of times, I'd like, look, I like the idea that Eric Adams is up. He's up every night. He's in great shape, a little different than de Blasio. But that energy has to transfer into getting and supporting these cops. That's what I'm saying. And I will be talking to our mayor, and I will be talking to people in this administration, and I'll keep standing on a milk box for my career, my life. I live here, my kids live here, and I want this city to be safe. And that's the end of this whole story. Everything else is bullcrap. Well done, Bo Deedle on the Bernie oh, and yeah. Show. Another oh, yeah. terrific, fantastic appearance. Bo, we love you. Love you like you can't believe. Uh, thank you for what you did this morning and every uh, Tuesday morning on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, 1-800-848-9222 is the number. We're going to speak to Rob Astorino. He's running for governor of the state of New York next hour. Keep it where it is, folks. We'll be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Remember the scene in uh, Last American Virgin, this song was playing? The do, 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 the police, when the uh, the kid was trying to take the bra off the fat girl, and he used a pair of scissors. <laughs> Such a great movie. The police. <laughs> Good memory. Yeah, no, I remember all that stuff. That's, he has amazing recall, does uh, Sid Rosenberg. Incredible. Yeah, for useless information, like Iron Eagle is. Uh, Iron Eagle is actually better at it than I am. Uh, quickly, don't forget, Berry Hawk Baseball tonight. We want to see you on Staten Island, the first home game of the year. We'll all be there and all be a part of John Katz and Matiti's Cats at Night show coming up at 5. We want to see you there. And if you're not there, you better be watching the Rangers and the Penguins. Game one later on tonight. One programming note, Bernie just mentioned, Rob Astorino will join us at 8.40. It is getting ugly between the threesome, Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, who was on yesterday, and Astorino. But now we've added at 9.05, Alan Dershowitz, to talk about the uh, Roe versus Wade decision. And the, um, well, uh, the decision, we think at least, leaked last night from uh, somebody on that court, some law clerk, I should say. So we're going to talk to Rob Astorino coming up at 8.40, and the big-time attorney, Alan Dershowitz, Coming up at 9. Third hour of Bernie and Sid right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. About to come your way. Sit in the morning. Talk Radio 77. It was 1989. My thoughts were short. My hair was long. Caught somewhere between a boy and man. She was 17 and she was far from in between. Thank you, on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your co- computers as well, ladies and gentlemen, at WABCradio.tv. And uh, that was Kid Rock. All summer long, we had a little conversation, Sidney and myself, and a disagreement, I would posit. But the, the, it, it, it was trending yesterday. I looked this up after the show, as Sid pointed out. Uh, kid, they, they were comparing Kid Rock for some reason to Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> and who was the better? I guess the better artist. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, and I took the view that uh, well, of course, by any objective measure, uh, Bruce Springsteen is the more successful uh, and I guess talented because of that artist. 
But, I mean, is it not theoretically possible, Sid, that you could have, a say, a one-hit wonder comes out with a great, terrific song. Right. And that would be uh, maybe better than anything a, a more prolific artist puts out. Yes, of course. But 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 uh, nothing... I mean, theoretically. But, right, of course it can. But nothing Kid Rock has ever done comes close to Jungle Land or Born to Run or Thunder Road or a score of Bruce Springsteen songs. That song right there that you like so much, he literally stole two songs. He stole Sweet Home Alabama and he also stole... Um, not that uh, Warren Zevon. There, Werewolves of London is right. Right, there. Werewolves he, of London. He, he, he literally stole two songs to make he, one he, song. Don't compare that to Bruce me, Springsteen. Excuse me. He sampled them beautifully. <laughs> is what he did. Right. And uh, there were people out there. For example, remember that lady Bridget Gabriel? No. Uh, that she's she's the anti-Muslim uh, uh, Arab. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we used to have her on. She talks a lot. She's really she's really good actually. Yeah. And she put out, and, and, and you're right, uh, the fact that uh, Kid Rock is conservative, a Trump fan, a Trump friend, and Bruce Springsteen is, uh, well, he sucks up to the woke tards. Yep. Uh, that influences people. She tweeted this, Kid Rock is more talented than liberal Bruce Springsteen by a lot. But then another guy, and I don't know who the hell this guy is, he says saying Kid Rock makes better music than Bruce Springsteen is, is like saying a brick is a better cell phone than an iPhone. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it has been pointed out in this article that I wrote, a lot of stuff is, of course, subjective. Kid Rock is the Ted Nugent of Vanilla Ice. Of Vanilla Ices, excuse me, writes one guy. Bruce Springsteen is the boss of bosses. Any questions? That was from somebody named Johnny Provolone on Twitter. But uh, there you have that. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, look, aren't they two different genres as well? I mean, uh, Kid Rock is more rock and roll, where Bruce Springsteen is more folksy. Uh, is that the no? Is no, that no, fair? No, no. They're not both the, rock and roll guys. Not in the beginning, no. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. You're, maybe the Nebraska album, but uh, no, they're both rock and roll guys. And again, I don't want to. Uh, Kid Rock is fine. He's cute. He's got a couple of decent songs, but it's again, it's like comparing Mookie Wilson and center field to Mickey Mantle. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's laughable. Mookie. And they made they made it political. So the Republicans and the conservatives they love Kid Rock and they hate Bruce. And I get it. I get all that. But it's it's really a very silly comparison. Very silly. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know who came up with it, but you're right. It was uh, trending. It became a big yeah. deal yesterday. It's funny what the people seize on. Uh, so in any case, uh, a lot of news out there yesterday broke last night at about eight o'clock. A uh, huge deal. We're going to speak to Alan Dershowitz uh, next hour. This hour, we're going to speak to Rob Astorino, who is running for governor. He got his name on the petition yesterday, so he's officially on the ballot. If things went well, he'll tell us that they didn't. But as far as I know, they went well, and he is officially on the ballot, Rob Astorino. But the big deal uh, yesterday, they they leaked this uh, this draft opinion from the Supreme Court. This was, uh, this was done in February, and f- finally somebody leaked it. Just yesterday, the Supreme Court is poised to overturn Roe versus Wade. And uh, you have at least five justices, uh, ex- excluding uh, John Roberts. You have uh, the five Gorsuchs, Barrett, Thomas, Alito, and uh, Kavanaugh. Those five are going to vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. Not sure about Roberts. So you have a five, at the very least, the 5 4 decision coming up. So this was leaked, and it was a bombshell. And uh, it was leaked for two reasons. One, as an intimidation tactic to try to get these justices to change their opinions before they actually make them, before they actually vote in June or July, which is, uh, you know, it gives them a few months and it gives uh, the people, these, these Antifa thugs, these crazies out there, to try to get them to change their opinion. Of course, 
This is highly undemocratic, not what the founders had in mind, which is why the leak is a, is a bad, bad thing for the Supreme Court. But here's my concern. My concern is this, and I stated it uh, many, many times before, that the Republicans will find a way to uh, snatch uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. It should be the other way around. But, uh, of course, this wasn't really any of their doing. This was a Mississippi case that the Supreme Court was forced to rule on. Uh, but in any case, it's going to affect the election. It's going to distract, uh, again, an intimidation tactic. That's one, to get the justices to change their mind. But two, a distraction from the failures of the Biden administration, which are legion. I mean, and that's what we should be focused on. I can't believe now we have this abortion issue. And just to to make it clear, abortion is is not legal. It's not illegal. It just reverts back to the states. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, just a, a little... Just basic history on Roe v. Wade law. Uh, they, it's always been called bad law. Most jurists agree that it's bad law. One, because it, it didn't come from the legislature. A, a ju- laws should not be coming down from uh, the benches, from the from the, the courts. Judicial activism is not the way to, to get laws enacted in this country. It should come from Congress, from the House, from the Senate. The other reason why it's bad is because uh, it, it, it does not. It, it is not enumerated in the Constitution anything about abortion, uh, which the uh, seven justices back in the 70s, when Roe v. Wade passed, which w- they were asserting that it was, and it's it's not, and that's the argument against it. We'll talk to, again to Alan Dershowitz, but uh, so you're going to have what. This is what you have to look forward to, folks. You're waking up to this this morning. Uh, you're going to have to look to look forward to you're going to have to look forward to big massive marches, a la 2020. They're coming soon. They're going to be coming this weekend. Uh, they were out in front of the Supreme Court yesterday. As a matter of fact, cut 16 last night. A matter of uh, an hour or two hours after this uh, leak was made, they were out in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, please play this cut 16, Lou. These are some protesters in front of the Supreme Court last night. God, this is this is coming. It's going to get a lot worse. You're, going to, you're throwing Tifa in there, and uh, it's going to be violent. All these justices have received death threats already. Already, these people's lives are are, are, are going to be turned upside down. They're going to need big time security. Uh, this is huge. Finally, the Democrats have an issue to rally around. They were wandering hopelessly and haplessly uh, all these past uh, few months because everything was going bad for them. And now they have something, and it's just killing me that, that, we, that, that they have this yesterday. The uh, professor of law, Jonathan Turley, a well-respected guy, uh, he's a liberal, but uh, he's a fair liberal. He's, a, he's like Alan Dershowitz. He's like uh, you know Glenn Greenwald, Mike Taibbi, uh, Bill Maher, stuff like that, a traditional liberal. Jonathan Turley, uh, uh, he said this yesterday, cut 14, Lou, please. This was a malicious act. And the only reason to leak it was to try to create external pressure to change the position of the court and maybe encourage Congress to pass this federal abortion law to try to federalize the abortion area. What's really quite moronic about this, if anything, the justices are more likely to dig in. Uh, the second greatest blow to the court uh, would not just be the after the leak itself, 
would be if the justices did cave to external pressure. So this has turned everything into a morass. And what what this person did cheapened the institution to a degree that is breathtaking. So these people are, uh, and it, it is unprecedented. There's never been a leak. And the leak, as uh, Alan Dershowitz will tell us in an hour, probably came from one of the law clerks from the one of the yeah. liberal judges, either Kagan, uh, Sotomayor, or Breyer. Yeah, they're saying, not uh, from- they're reporting this morning in terms of uh, Justice Roberts, you said you're not sure. Uh, the liberal networks are reporting that he does not want to completely overturn Roe versus Wade, so it, it still may end up being six to three. But nevertheless, you're right, those are the three that are going the, well, the other way. Yeah, but if he doesn't uh, join, then it will be five to four. Right. So it will be uh, right. So yeah, Roberts Either will way. join the right. the liberals. It will be five to four. Uh, right. So so look, the the, uh, the whole th- these people's lives turned on their heads, as I was saying there, and of course the, uh, the 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 leaker may also be maybe one of the justices themselves. Could be Sonia Sotomayor is so so passionate about it that she wanted to get this out there in in the hopes that the, one of the uh, conservative judges will change their mind because all you need is one and if they're they feel like oh my god my my and my family's lives will be changed uh you know forever if i don't change this decision i'm gonna have to change it and it could happen theoretically that's what they're thinking see i, so I keep could, thinking and this is what i need you to, to to correct me if i'm wrong that it's more political than roe versus wade that that one of these judges is reading the writing on the wall which is they're going to get hammered in in uh, 2022 lose Pennsylvania Avenue in 2024. Trump uh, had three appointees. This guy's had one. And in an effort to give the Democrats some hope, some hope, that's why this came out. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. Is that is yeah, that, oh, no, is that political uh, uh, conspiracy? No, 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 no. You're right. There are two, as I said, two reasons. One was intimidation to try to get the decision reversed. The other is distraction to help the uh, Democrats at the poll in November, at the polls in November. that Those are the two reasons, uh, motivations for any leak. Any, any, so it could have been one of the judges themselves, more likely one of the law clerks for the judges. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, those are the two reasons. But, you, but make no mistake about it. You're going to see people flooding the streets. Yep. This is going to get very ugly. They're going to go to these justices' homes. They're going to be out there with bullhorns. It's going to be uh, the summer of 2020 all over again, if I'm not mistaken. This is what I'm predicting. I think you're right. And by the way, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Rachel Maddow last night, uh, she was celebrating this uh, leaking, this unprecedented leak, which uh, really, as Jonathan Turley pointed out, tarnished the Supreme Court. Cut 15 from Rachel Maddow, Lou, please. It is shocking, as you said, and as we started discussing here, it's shocking both in substance and it is also shocking in terms of what it means about the court and what it means about the stakes here that someone was willing to do this. It is just a remarkable thing. A remarkable thing. She's mm. very happy about oh, it. Of course, course as all liberals are. Uh, yeah. uh, they, this ruling would have come out in June or July. We would have had the same problem then, but uh, this is a lot earlier. It gives them a time again to change the decision. And just to, to show you how unhinged these crazy Democrats become. And by the way, uh, abortion, if, if you're within the sound of our voice here in uh, listening on uh, broadcast radio anyway, here in New York, nothing changes. Right. Abortion is not does not become illegal. Uh, it is, again, it's not illegal. What the, federal, the feds do, are not making abortion illegal. 
it, it's turning it, reverting it back to the states. It goes back to the, the people, you know, the people's vote. People vote in their own state legislatures, and their state legislature makes the decision whether abortion should be legal or not. In the case of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, those state legislatures say, yeah, it should be legal, and it will remain legal, and, and nothing's going to reverse that. Those Democrat uh, uh, liberals are entrenched in those state legislatures what, now. But listen, right, but what, what if you're some like, like teenage girl who has no money and lives in the middle of the country, and now you want to get an abortion because there's no way you're bringing a baby into this world. You don't even, you don't even make a living, and your husband is out there selling dope, and you want to get an abortion, and you don't have the money to fly to New York or New Jersey. Now, all of a sudden, you're screwed. I mean, there are some some really bad implications, some really bad uh, repercussions coming from this, because there's a lot of Americans who can't afford to fly to New York to get an abortion. No, no. You, well, you're right about that. That person could potentially be screwed, but I guarantee you, you're going to have uh, organizations like Planned Parenthood. They're going to set up what what I am uh, ad libbing. I'm uh, you know shooting from the hip here. They're going to call the Underground Railroad. In other words, they're going to fly the. They're going to pay sub- subsidize these people to go to states where abortions yeah. are illegal, gotcha. so they can get them. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't despair too much about these uh, you know these Appalachian states where where what you outlined could potentially become true. But uh, just to give you an idea of how unhinged, again, uh, this whole thing, or, or maybe these people are overacting, overreaching, but this is from Libs of TikTok, another Libs of TikTok uh, product here, a bunch of uh, pro-abortion women. And if you see these women, uh, you, you would want your barf bag handy, but just listen to uh, how they sound on the radio. Cut 19, please, Lou. This abortion law goes beyond a woman's issue, and it goes beyond anything you can ever imagine. The societal implications of this are going to be insane. The amount of uh, just pain and damage this is going to cause, and the full ability to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body, we're going back into a Handmaid's Tale society here. All of you women who sat home, all you young girls, adults over 18 years old who did not go out and vote, who did not think that you need to protect your womb. We're now back in the dark ages. Brace yourselves, ladies. I'm with you. My heart is just broken. I don't understand why this country hates women so much. I just don't Shut understand up. it. Uh, we'll get through up. this. We'll figure out a way. And we're joking about it being a handmaid's tale. It will be. There you go. The handmaid's tale. You're going to hear this over. Yeah, Ed nausea. And, and again, uh, you, you mentioned earlier your, your pro-choice with, with a couple of... of uh, Caveats. I am reluctantly pro-choice. Right. I, I want abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Right. Very rare because I can't be a hypocrite because if I, myself, if I was a woman and I had, let's just say hypothetically, you know, I got drunk and whatever and I woke up the next day and I have homie the clowns whatever in me, I want to get rid of that. I want I want that choice. I don't want anybody well, telling me I can't. about getting drunk. What about getting raped? I mean, the fact, you know, like DeSantis well, down that, in of Florida. Course. Well, I'm, yes. Yeah, of course. course. Well, I am enthusiastically pro-choice, so I know caveats. I mean, I, I can't let it happen, you know, when they're six months, seven months in. That's well, murder. That's, that's ridiculous. That's a caveat. That is a, a caveat. caveat. Right, right. But, uh, but otherwise, I, I'm all for it. And uh, I don't feel like, uh, you know, that uh, this country hates women, even if they overturn Roe versus Wade. So I'm enthusiastically pro-choice, but I don't feel the same way these Democrats do. Not even close. Okay, well, it's good good to hear these crazies, these woke tards, who really uh, overplay their hand time and time again to, to the point where it, it, you want to 
root for the other side almost because of the, they're yeah. so uh, yeah. Yeah. they're so repulsive. Anyway, so anyway, you have that. While Eric Adams yesterday is at the Met Gala with his uh, no gun violence jacket, as though the guns are committing the crimes and 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 not the person pulling the trigger. All that here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Look, Lydia Serrano is coming up next. We're going to speak to Rob Astorino. He's running for governor. We're going to speak to him. And then we're going to speak to Alan Dershowitz on this uh, this leak from the Supreme Court. Uh, and it's going to be a very interesting conversation. People keep it where it is. We're coming right back. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrano. Well, could New York State soon become a transgender safe haven for children? Okay, so New York Assemblyman Harry Bronson of Rochester, of course, he's a Democrat. He's put forth a bill that would prohibit New York law enforcement agencies from cooperating with other states investigations if a kid were to come to New York to get trans care, such as hormonal treatment, even surgery. Also under this proposed legislation, officials would not be required to alert the child's parents if the kid, he or she, was in New York getting, quote, gender-affirming care. Now, this is in response to Florida and Texas recently seeking bans on trans medical care for kids, and other states have also proposed similar restrictions. Now, I want to play for you a little soundbite from Demi Lovato, and the reason I'm going to play this is because she came out as non-binary. She says she's, she thinks she might even be trans, and she cut her hair real short. And uh, t- Take a listen to hear what she said, and then I'll explain why I played this. Living in the fourth dimension means existing consciously in both time and space. But for me, it means having conversations that transcend the typical discourse. I want to take this moment to share something very personal with you. Over the past year, I've done some healing and self-reflective work. And through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. With that said, I'll officially be changing my pronouns to they, them. I feel that this best represents the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and still am discovering. So she was in the fourth dimension. I have to go throw up. I'll be right back. (laughs) She was in that. This girl has was a former Disney star. She has almost two million followers. The reason I'm playing that is because clearly she has a drug problem. That's well known. She's been in and out of rehab. She's got mental problems. We know that. So she came out with this big whole thing. Remember, call me they them or non-binary. All this thing. Guess what? She just recently said now that you can call her a she and a her. She added them back to her pronouns. So this is why, I mean, she's in her 20s, but this is why this is so dangerous for kids. They're very confused, right? And to make New York State a safe haven and to say we're not going to cooperate with other states' uh, investigations into, quote, gender-affirming care and not tell the kids' parents if they come here to chop off their body parts. I know Sid thinks I'm, like, obsessed with, like, trans stuff. I'm not. It's just... This is scary because there's a lot of kids out there experiencing gender dysphoria. This is like a mental problem issue. And they're getting brainwashed by society, by people like this, this celebrity, and in school. And now even our legislators want to create a safe haven for this mental illness. It's really scary because I have a five-year-old daughter. I don't know if she's going to come home one day and be like, oh, mommy, I I want a penis now. So it's like this this is, again, a breakdown of society by the Democrats right. or r- radical leftists, whatever you want to call them. 
she'll come home and say that because she was uh, she was brainwashed in school without your knowledge, obviously. And uh, that's 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 the crime of it, uh, the whole thing. It's child cruelty. It's 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 just so 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 nefarious. I mean, these things, uh, kids latch onto trends is what they do, and they think, uh, oh, this is what I want to be or what I want to do or how I want to look for the rest of my life. And that's when they're fourteen. When they're fifteen, it's a completely other thought. You know, they go the other way. Just wait. Again, I said it a million times. You can't even get a tattoo in in this state and other states until you're 18 because they don't think you're old enough to make that decision for yourself. Yet they're going to allow they're going to encourage kids to make decisions like this. It's disgusting. And now this is a type of issue that you have. Uh, for example, these we have three gubernatorial candidates here, Republicans, for uh, for the New York State go- governor gubernatorial uh, seat. Uh, that's Astorino, Giuliani, and Zeldin. This is what they have to seize on and put people like Hochul and Swazi on the defensive because of stuff like this. This is exactly the type of issue that we can win, but we should win because most people disagree with it. And, of course, now uh, you throw in this abortion thing. And, uh, you know, Lydia, you're, you're, you're a female. We've been talking about it all morning here on the show. Uh, I hate to, uh, you know, sort of ambush you with this. But what do you think about the leak and the uh, this this whole changing of the discussion right now to from all these horrible horrible things to uh, abortion and uh, you know the, re- the 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 reversal of Roe v. Wade and, and the leak last night? I am I am pro life. Okay, I'm pro life. I think most people are in general pro life. However. You know, nobody, nobody's, nobody should be pro-abortion. These, these whack jobs that want to glorify that they had an abortion. For 99 probably percent of women that go through an abortion, it's a horrific, probably agonizing decision that they have to make. And, you know, I am just concerned. And now I'm, I'm a Catholic. Okay. So I'm Catholic. So this is where I do have, I struggle with this. Uh, I'll be completely honest with my listeners. I struggle with this because while I am pro-life, I have a hard time letting the government tell me what to do with my my body parts okay however and and i know the catholic church believes that life begins at conception i i you know i know there's a heartbeat and all that and everything like that but it's not just a heartbeat i think that makes something alive and i think in places like in europe they ban abortion many many most places in europe ban abortion after 12 weeks so I would be in favor 100% of something like that, like after the first trimester, or God forbid, if the child was not going to be viable anyway. I don't know. It's a hard thing, but right. to allow the government to dictate what to do with my, you know, my, my, my PUS, I, I, can, I, can I say, I mean, no, that's no, no, ridiculous. My, vagina, private my, parts. my private parts, like I have yeah. a hard time allowing that to happen because you don't know that a woman could have like it could have a, a, an incredible good congenital defect that the woman's life. So I'll tell you a quick, quick little story. So a friend of mine, uh, her her uh, best friend lives in a state where they kind of banned late term abortion. Right. They banned it. The baby died in utero. The baby was dead. She had to hop on a plane to go to another state to get the baby removed, even though it was already dead. And while she's on the plane, people were congratulating her because she was visibly pregnant. She was so traumatized by the entire experience. She ended up having to be in a mental hospital for a few weeks after the whole incident. 
So I know that's like a radical and an extreme and a very rare circumstance, but those type of incidents can happen once we allow legislators to come in and dictate what we want to do. I think it should be between a woman and her, and there's a lot of extenuate. It's not black and white, but I am pro-life because I think, you know, and in an ideal world, we could have a child, there's somebody to take care for it, you put it up for adoption, but that's not the real world. That's not society. And I think it's really sad that it was leaked and whoever leaked it was trying to influence the midterm elections, I believe. And it's sad that now this is going to become a political football. And that's exactly right. It's 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 going to take away from uh, the discussion we were just having where where kids are going to get abused, uh, you know, and, you know, screwed up for life. We're we're not going to be talking about that. We should be talking about that, but we're not. And that's a big movement today uh, for these woke tards out there that we would win. And we're going to be talking about abortion. And, you know, again, the Republicans snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. It just changes the discussion from, you know, the fentanyl coming across the border, killing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans. Did you hear what Americans. they're doing at D.C. elementary school? That kids pre-K through third grade, they literally gave them an assignment saying, who is racist in your family? Please listen, yeah. list their names. Who do you think is racist and why do you think they're racist? Sid, you would have been in big trouble had that had your kids been going to school why? at that time. Remember? <laughs> and so I'll post some of the pictures from the assignment on my Twitter at Lydia News. But those are the kind of issues we really need to focus on and not something like this. Like you said, Bernie, abortion is safeguarded because of the Health Reproductive Act here in New York State and in most states. So this is just basically the Supreme Court saying we don't have the jurisdiction. It should go back to the states to decide. Essentially, that's what it is. But they're and uh, but they're going to just make such hay out of it. They're going to be unhinged in the streets. Again, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to have the same situation as the summer of 2020. People in the streets marching up and down Antifa, the justices, uh, their homes. They're, they're going to they're going to have these animals outside their homes with bullhorns and doing God knows what outside the Supreme Court. This is a huge, huge game changer, and uh, I'm really sorry it happened. But, Lydia, listen, that was a great report. We thank you for it. We'll see you tonight on uh, Cats at Night at 5 o'clock. And uh, so Lydia's terrific. Traffic and Sports is coming up next. But right now, also Rob Astorino, right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Larry Kudlow this and every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. here Larry asks how to stop the crazy woman at the Disinformation Ordinance Board. This uh, Disinformation Board, uh, which some people are calling the Ministry of Truth, which is what Orwell uh, had in his book. And I've got to get your take on that. I know you're going to hate it the way we all do. But the question, sir, now is how to deal with it, how to stop it. You know, it's got this crazy nutcase woman who's running it. It sits in uh, Secretary Mayorka's office inside the Department of Homeland Security. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Again, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And you can watch us 
on your smart TVs, on your computers, ladies and gentlemen, at WABCRadio.tv. Joining us now, next hour we're going to speak to Alan Dershowitz on this bombshell report by Politico that the Supreme Court is poised to reverse Roe versus Wade. That's next hour, right now. His name is Robert Patrick Astorino, and he's the former county executive from Westchester County, also a radio host, the former radio host and the substitute radio host, and an all-around smart, brilliant guy. He's running for governor of the state of New York. Uh, let's bring him in right now. Good morning to you, Rob. Morning. Hello, Bernie. How are you, Sid? Hey, pal. How are you? Good, good, good. Hey, listen, Rob, uh, unless uh, things went awry, I believe you got on the ballot just yesterday, despite the efforts of uh, one Congressman Lee Zeldin, you're one, of, you're one of your opponents in the primary. Tell us about getting on the ballot and the efforts to try to keep you off the ballot. Yeah, so we were officially certified and validated by the State Board of Elections yesterday. I was in Albany, and uh, they said we're good to go, and that our petitions were signed by plenty of Republicans. We, we well went over the bar. So uh, that's what we said last April. I was saying we will qualify for the ballot no matter what the party bosses want to try to do. This is going to be based on the Republicans of New York State, the three million of them, and they're going to choose who they want to be the standard bearer for the party and take on, you know, Hochul or whomever. And so, yeah, it was a good day yesterday, and um, and the voters were not disenfranchised. They'll have a choice, and and that honestly, that's the way it should be, you know, trying to um, through technicalities uh, erase an opportunity for a primary. Uh, seems to me pretty damn weak by the supposed front runner. Listen, I agree. And uh, Lee's a very, very good friend. I've endorsed him. You know that. I'll, I'll say it right to you. But um, we had Andrew Giuliani on yesterday, and he had the same contention. In fact, he uh, he may not be uh, getting on the ballot as you did yesterday. And if all that is true, uh, I would tell Lee right to his face how disappointed I am because I do want all of you guys to compete, and I would like the best man to win. Very simply, Rob Astorino, what is he afraid of? Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to ask him. I mean, you know, he's been the show pony, walked around by the party leaders since really the beginning of last year. So he's had, what is it, 12, 16 months, 17 months now to um, be the show horse. And people don't like it. You know, he's he's hasn't broken out. Um, and honestly, the big differences are starting to come out now, right? You know, so I was a county executive, an executive role very firm on the budget, never raised it, never raised taxes, actually cut them, dealt with the real hardcore issues uh, that, you know, a sanctuary county bill that I got rid of and all the hardcore stuff that an executive has to deal with. So I've got a really good record in a really critical county for Republicans to do well in or or to possibly win a deep blue county like Westchester. Uh, as opposed to being from a, a bright red county where he is, God bless him. I would love to, have to be able in that kind of place. But either way, you know, he served in Albany for four years under Cuomo, and he was a reliable vote for Cuomo when it really counted. He enabled Cuomo. He said Cuomo should be president of the United States, and he voted for all of his budgets. You know, when when I was screaming at Cuomo in '14, running against him, calling him corrupt. And, and, you know, talking about the, the direction that the state was in, we got to get off it. Uh, he was enabling them and voting for them and, and looking the other way, as did, unfortunately, you know, the Dean Skelos leadership of, of, the, of the state Senate 
because, you know, they were all kind of in on it. You know, it was all one big game. And Cuomo said, I'm not going to go up against you guys uh, if you don't, um, you know, if you don't support Astorino. And that's what happened back then. But, you know, today's a different day. And what I talked about then is true now. And, and we've got to be able to have the toughest, most experienced, and most conservative, electable Republican running this year, because this is the year it could actually be won. That is the key. Electable. Rob Astorino on the Bernie and Sid Show. He's running for governor in the state of New York. Just got on the ballot yesterday, to which we say congratulations, Rob Astorino. And I would point out that the same party leadership that is pushing Lee Zeldin is the same party leadership that presided over the really the precipitous uh, decline of the Republican Party in New York State. But, Rob, I want to move on to, uh, of course, the judge overturned the whole gerrymander uh, law that was proposed by the the corrupt committee appointed by the state legislature. It's going to affect uh, when the primaries are, the debates, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, What do you make of all of that? And tell us, do you think the primaries will be held in June or in August? Yeah, that's a great question because... I don't think, look, they're only going to do what helps them, right? Hochul's only going to do what helps her. So I don't think extending it to August, like the rest of the primaries now, will help her because it gives the other candidates an opportunity to maybe get some steam. It also gives an opportunity for Cuomo to regather and maybe get on the ballot. So I'm not so sure she's going to do that, but I have no clue. I'll be ready either way. Of course, they changed the, the game, you know, in, in the middle of the game, they changed all the rules to help themselves instead of this corrupt, you know, what's being stuck around uh, her neck uh, as lieutenant governor. She now was able to dump him instead of making this law, you know, effective next election next year, as they should have. They changed it. They went backwards so that he can get off the ballot and 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 that'll be a help to her in some way. But she still has to live with it. She picked him. And she's got to live with it. She she ran with Cuomo for seven years. She has to live with it. She's made every wrong decision, and the state is is abysmal. I mean, it's like it's like the prisoners in the movies. You know, they're writing on the wall how many how many years they have left uh, before they get out. That, that's like what the New Yorkers are doing right now. Like three more years, and my my daughter graduates, and I'm the hell out of this state. You know, that's <laughs> so what, it, true. So yeah. sad. Yeah. No, it's yeah. happening everywhere. You're right. So, of course, she is uh, the ultimate victory, assuming, again, that she wins that side. And I don't see anybody that can beat her. Jamani Williams, that's a joke. Uh, obviously, Tom Swazi has been exposed as a joke. So she's going to win there. And then uh, the question to you, Rob, is if Lee Zeldin wins, I know you're a Republican. I know you're mature and a very good politician and a solid man. But if he wins, I mean, how hard is it going to be for you to back him knowing full well of what he's done so far in this, your run for governor? Well, I'm going to turn that question around because I have said publicly and consistently since last year that I will back whoever wins the Republican primary if it's not me. And I do think and I do believe it will be me. But if it's not, I will support any Republican because any one of them would be a hundred times better than this rotten tomato we got right now in Albany. So, um, I have not heard that, though. I have not heard that from Lee Zeldin at all. And, you know, whoever wins this, we all definitely need to be united. And if I win this, you know, the conservative party is going to give me their nomination. We'll all be united. 
So uh, next time he's on, make sure you ask him that question because he's evaded it every single time. <laughs> okay, you got it. You Good got point. it. Good point, Rob Astorino, again, running for governor in the state of New York. On the Bernie and Sid Show. Hey, Rob, on another topic right here, uh, you were the guy was who who exposed the fact that these secret flights were coming into Westchester County with all these illegal aliens on them, most of them, to be quite honest, adult males. And they were being busted, busted around the tri-state area. What's the latest on that? Any, any recent sightings? And uh, has the government explained why they're doing it? And are they continuing to do it? Are they continuing to do it? Excuse me. They certainly are. It's coming in almost every night now. It's it's like totally in your face, middle finger by Biden to to everyone. They're not answering any questions. I wrote a letter February first to the White House. They haven't even replied. Like not even a blow off letter from me. Uh, Hochul, of course. Look, there's a 1951 law in New York State under Executive Law Section 8 that says the governor, and it's called Registration of Aliens, the governor has the authority in New York that would require every person who is not a citizen who enters New York to register within 24 hours, including people who put them up, like hotels. And and the point of that was, so if the immigration system is broken, then at least New York State would know who is coming in here and we can keep track of people until we know their backgrounds because we're paying for all their services. Now, I challenged Hochul last week outside her office in New York City to apply this law, and that would mean every time these planes land at Westchester County Airport uh, and everywhere else to have a state trooper there and demand to know who is on that manifest. I mean, we have the absolute right since... Everyone coming off that plane is now going on Medicaid through New York State, who is now going into our schools. Now we need housing. You know, the emergency rooms are being filled up. All of these issues affect me. They affect you. They affect every single taxpayer in here. This is not anti-immigrant. This is our nation, our nation and our, and our president and our, and our so-called elected officials completely ignoring the law. No border, no laws. Nothing. And we all have to pay the bill for this. You are preaching to the choir, Rob Astorino. I want to ask you something I asked Andrew Giuliani yesterday, and that is revenue to uh, to New York State. I know that in New Jersey, for example, now, Rob, uh, they're opening shops to sell marijuana legally. Uh, they're going to start that here in New York hopefully soon. My wife is in on that, by the way. Uh, so you got that. You got the weed deal. And then there was a very good op-ed a couple of days ago from a guy who said, we need more cops in Times Square and not a casino. I disagree. You could have both. So where do you stand? Forget about morality. When it comes to money for New York City, where do you stand uh, between weed, gambling, and all those things that we've made legal here in New York? Well, ironically, since the uh, marijuana has been legalized in New York now, sales of Doritos have gone off the shelf. It's crazy. Uh, but, you know, look, it is what it is, so just do it the right way. But unfortunately... Well, oh, well, hold on, like, hold on. When you say it is what it is, you've already told us basically you're against it. No, no, no. In medical marijuana, I was in favor of. Recreational marijuana, I have some issues with, especially with children. It is going to affect them dramatically. Right. But what I say, it is what it is. It's now the law in New York State. Okay, it's not going anywhere. But it needs to be set up the correct way. And what New York is going to do, just like they're doing with, with you know, DraftKings and mobile sports, they are going to tax so hard that it's going to go back to the black market. It's not even going to make sense to do business in New York at some point. And by the way, I've talked to some of the people 
who run these marijuana businesses, uh, these private equity funds and elsewhere, they're saying the same thing. They're like, the state mm. is starting to set it up the wrong way to begin with. You're right. And at some point, they're going to chase us away. Even some of these licenses could be upwards of $100,000. Do you realize that? Yeah, but do you realize this? Preference is supposed to be given to people who are convicted criminals. Yes. Yes. Based on drug abuse yes. and drug sales <laughs> and drug crimes. Only in New York, it is so screwed up. It really makes no sense whatsoever, oh, no. really. That, and that is, that is so absurd to, uh, yeah. to give it to convicted drug dealers. Uh, yeah, yeah we're living in, in the land of the bizarro world, and w- which is why we, we need a Republican governor in the state of New York like Rob Astorino or... Andrew Giuliani or Lee Zelda, but Rob Astorino is my guy right now. Hey, Rob, you're great. Congratulations on getting on the ballot. Uh, we'll have you back on in the future, but uh, Godspeed in the meantime. Thanks for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. Thank you. You guys want to wish me a happy birthday or what? Is it tonight? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Oh, happy birthday. forgot about it. What are you, what are you, you celebrating? Happy birthday. A couple of uh, yeah, you know, of- maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe go to marijuana shop. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, like by the way, I'll just leave you with this. There was a guy, an old cranky radio engineer that I worked with a long time ago, and he was celebrating a birthday, like an older birthday, and we wished him, you know, oh, what are you going to do? You're going to go to a strip club? Like, just joking with him. And he goes, let me tell you something. When you get to my age, all you want is a good meal and to take a nice crap. You're <laughs> <laughs> not there yet. That is true. You're not there yet, right? Not there yet. So, That's But happy funny, birthday. Yeah. The best to you. That's awesome. Enjoy your day today, big guy. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, Rob. There he is, uh, gubernatorial hopeful Rob Astorino. We'll take a short break, and we'll discuss the biggest story of the day with one of the more brilliant minds in this country today. Alan Dershowitz on Bernie and Sid is coming up after Deb with the news. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. The great Nick Kershaw, wouldn't it be good to be in your shoes? <laughs> As we start the fourth and final hour on this sunny Tuesday morning at 9.04 in New York City. Biggest story of the day, once again, political reporting. There has been a leak which speaks to the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. Who better to speak to? I know he was on with Rita Cosby last night than the great constitutional and criminal attorney and a dear friend of both of ours, Sid and Bernie, Alan Dershowitz, with that said, Alan, good Tuesday morning. How are you, pal? Good morning. I'm looking out of my window to Brooklyn. What could be better? <laughs> yeah, well, Miami. But uh, uh, on a serious yeah. <laughs> I know you went Not to Brooklyn. a day like this. No, I know. It's beautiful here. And I know that uh, amongst uh, teaching at Harvard and going to Yale, you're also a Brooklyn College guy. I went to Brooklyn College, too. But um, yeah. let's get to this uh, this story and the, the initial two questions that need to be asked at the very start, uh, Alan, is A, do you find this story to be authentic? And B, if you had to guess, who leaked it? Well, I have more than a guess. I don't have any specific information, but I have a theory. And the theory is that whoever leaked it was prepared to destroy their own careers uh, deny themselves admission to the bar, get themselves disbarred as an act of civil disobedience. So 
it was very important to that person to do this thing for a purpose, for a purpose, not just to have a leak to give the Politico a head start or a great headline. So my theory, and it's only a theory, but I think it sounds, is that a law clerk who was very much against overruling Roe versus Wade made a decision to call her buddy or his buddy at Politico, get a promise of confidentiality, leak the opinion in order to try to get it changed, in order to try to put pressure on the court not to overrule Roe versus Wade, perhaps to get some congressional threats going about packing the court or even uh, writing national legislation, uh, giving uh, a federal right of abortion to every person in the United States under the Commerce Clause. But this is not just an inadvertent leak. This is a leak with a purpose done by somebody as an act of civil disobedience. Okay, Alan Dershowitz on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, my question to you is this. Now, I know you support uh, the Roe v. Wade decision back from the 70s. And so my question is, uh, play contrarian, if you would, for a minute. Why do, uh, I think this seems to be a consensus, it's not unanimous, but a consensus that Roe v. Wade was bad law. Tell us why it's bad law, and my question to you is this, if it is reversed, is abortion uh, is abortion now illegal, or does the decision just revert back to the states? Well, the second first. Of course, it reverts only back to the states. There are some people who argue that the right to life, I think Justice Thomas has implied this, but he can't get other justices to agree with him that the right to life is a constitutional right, which would, that, if that ever came to be, it would abolish abortion. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think according to this opinion, which seems authentic, uh, it would go back to the states and about half the country population wise would have a right to abortion by state law and the other half uh, would not. And there'd be a lot of tra- traveling by people who can afford to travel to get an abortion and a lot of illegal abortions by people who can't look. You can question Roe versus Wade. I did when it first came out. I even questioned Brown versus Board of Education uh, as a matter of how the opinion was written, etc. But when you have an opinion that's been in effect 50 years, if people have relied on it, it's become part of the law. You don't just overrule it because you can, because you have enough justices appointed by a president to affect the overruling. That, I think, hurts the dignity of the Supreme Court and the concept of stare decisis, let things stand. Uh, and conservatives should be in favor of stare decisis. Conservatives are, are, should be in favor of not an activist Supreme Court. This would be a very activist Supreme Court if it overruled Roe versus Wade. Alan, let's get to the reason behind this. Some say it's because... Mm-hmm. Well, the leak happened because uh, maybe in the next two months or so, it'll give the judges enough time to change their mind. The other school of thought is that they did this because uh, they're looking for something for the Democrats to hang their hat on because it's been a brutal 16 months under Joe Biden. Uh, If you had to place a percentage on which one is more likely, why do you, what was the ultimate motivation for this leak? The ultimate motivation is to try to get Congress to put some pressure on the Supreme Court to simply allow the Mississippi law, which says 15 weeks, to be operational, but without overruling Roe versus Wade. I'm going to make another prediction here, which people will be shocked by. If Roe versus Wade is overruled, it will help the Democrats and hurt the Republicans. Maybe not quick enough for the 2022 midterm elections. But in the end, the vast majority of Americans support a woman's right to choose abortion. 
And when it becomes a legislative matter and you decide who you have to vote for, for your daughter or your niece having an abortion, I think a lot of moderate Republicans, centrist Republicans, will cast their vote for Democrats because they don't want to see a woman's right to have an abortion overruled. So this may backfire against Republicans who think this is going to help them politically and electorally. No, no question about it. I don't think Republicans think it's going to help them electorally. I really don't. I think that they think the opposite, which is what I think. We didn't, we didn't need a distraction from the, the Biden failures. They were yeah. just, they were committing suicide, political suicide. And this throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing. I agree and by with the way, you. The, yeah. yeah, no question about it. And, uh, I, and I believe also this, it, it wasn't the, this person who leaked it. It wasn't just to give the justices time to change their minds. It was to give the activists out there time to intimidate the justices, death threats, protests outside yeah, that, their homes. I mean, work. their lives that are going to be work, changed. Yeah. I'm sorry? Yeah, that won't work. I mean, they, they, they're, the they're really going to be. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. The justices aren't going to be intimidated. They're not going to change their mind because there's going to be protests outside. There already are protests outside the Supreme Court. And in front of their homes. You're absolutely right. It will make the lives of the justices miserable. I can tell you, Chief Justice Roberts, who I've known for years and who's a terrific guy, didn't get any sleep last night. He is up trying to save the Supreme Court right now. He's saying, oh, my God, people will say I've lost control over this institution, leaking opinions, trying to put pressure on the court. Uh, There's going to be a massive investigation as to who did this. And the other question that's going to come up is will the journalist be able to protect the source if there is an investigation by Congress or by the FBI, etc.? There are some uh, conspiracy theorists who thinks, uh, think that maybe it was Justice Roberts himself. He's on his way out no. to actually leak this, but I know that sounds crazy uh, no, on no, the surface. No justice this, first of all, justices don't even add a call. Politico. Right. Uh, Politico is a young person's kind of leftish yeah. leaning. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I strongly suspect it's a law clerk who was very much opposed to uh, Alito uh, reversing Roe versus Wade after 50 years. That's my theory. I have no, no you, information you, to support it. You're probably right. Now, look, we don't know, we're not sure about Justice Roberts. Uh, the, the consensus, using Bernie's word, and it's a good one, is that it's six to three in favor of overturning. It may be five to four. Either way, they've got the majority. And that brings up the question of the Democrats packing the court to make sure that yeah. uh, that doesn't happen again. What are your thoughts on that in the near future? Well, first of all, I think it's not six to three. I think it's five to four. I think Roberts will concur and write an opinion saying that the Mississippi statute is constitutional, but there's no reason to have to reach the issue of Roe versus Wade. He is probably desperately trying to get Kavanaugh to join him on that. That would be a conservative approach saying, look, we uphold Mississippi, but we don't have to decide the broader issue because that really isn't presented to us. So there is some conceivable possibility that uh, Roberts will not only vote to uphold Roe versus Wade, but get Kavanaugh uh, or perhaps another justice. It's uh, I don't know who that would be uh, to go with stare decisis and to go with a more conservative approach. But that's what's going on right now in the mind of Chief Justice Roberts. So, yes, uh, no, I believe it's a five four as well. Uh, yeah, Roberts, uh, is not a factor in this. Those five justices' lives are going to be hell in coming up here. But, uh, 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 speaking of Alan Dershowitz on the Bernie and Sid show, 
Alan, do you think the, the, it was a matter of hours before these protesters were out there after the leak came out at the Supreme Court? Uh, some of the predictions, some of the thought is that we're going to see a 2020-like crowds in the streets, riots perhaps, this type of thing. That The activists now have an issue. They're going to be out there. They haven't had an issue since George Floyd. Do you believe it's going to be that type of uh, insanity, lunacy, and uh, maybe even destruction on, in the streets? Well, this will be a test case. We'll see whether or not law enforcement is as tough on left-wing agitators as it has been on people who went into the Capitol on January 6th. The same rules must apply. If people try to break into the Supreme Court or do anything like that, you have to apply the same rules. You can't have one rule for Republicans or one rule for Democrats. It is interesting that uh, people are still reporting on January 6th. And you're a very, very smart guy, Alan. Uh, Bernie's a very smart guy, too. I clearly end up third in this conversation. <laughs> but uh, you know that uh, the definition of insurrection is not what happened on January 6th, yet they keep using that word to describe it. You know that, right? Absolutely. It's dead wrong. The framers of the 14th Amendment had no intention of prohibiting people from running for office if they were involved in protests, even violent protests. Insurrection means a revolt against the United States. It means the Civil War. That's what it was intended to apply to, not protests involving an election or protests involving an abortion. And suddenly the Democrats will understand that when it's their people who start get, getting uh, attacked if they engage in violent reactions to this Supreme Court leak. Shouldn't these laws, Alan Dershowitz, like uh, Roe v. Wade, Shouldn't they be decided by uh, you know, legislative bodies like the Congress, the Senate, or state legislatures, the assemblies, the state senates, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, that's part of the argument against why this uh, Roe v. Wade is bad law. That plus it also, uh, you know, it says it, it enumerated a right is the argument that doesn't exist in the Constitution. Those are the two arguments against the law. Don't you think they, th those are valid arguments? Well, it's a hard question. I think reasonably we could disagree as to whether there is a constitutional right of privacy. Remember the Supreme Court, remember the Connecticut banned birth control. And um, the Supreme Court in Griswold versus Connecticut ruled there's nothing in the Constitution about birth control. And it ruled that there's a constitutional right to birth control. If anybody today were to say that birth control can be made illegal by a state, they would be thrown out of office. So it's a matter of degree. If birth control is covered by the Constitution under the right of privacy, it's a, it's a large step from birth control to, uh, to abortion for some people. By the way, for very, very religious Christians, there may not be a big leap between birth control, which is also uh, prohibited by certain religious doctrines, and, uh, and abortion. So, you know, it's a hard question. You could argue both ways, but when you have a law that's been on the books for 50 years, you shouldn't be changing it just because you have enough votes to do it. And that's what seems to be happening here. So I think the next big issue is going to be how Congress reacts to this and whether the FBI is called on to investigate uh, the leak. It's probably not today a crime, an actual crime, to leak uh, Supreme Court uh, uh, opinions. You know, I haven't checked everything in the code to see whether you could conceivably come up with a crime. But Congress may, in fact, now enact the law saying that Supreme Court draft decisions are classified and come under the classification prohibition of, dis of, of dis you know, dissemination. So there's a lot that's going to go on today. It's going to be a big day 
in law and in politics. You know, it's funny, the uh, the biggest, uh, well, I guess, uh, days in court the last couple of weeks, Alan, has been this uh, very public battle between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Something tells me that uh, you're not caught up in all that, are you? <laughs> I am caught up in all you that. You are! Because I was, I am, of course, I was falsely accused of having sex with a woman I never met. True. And who has admitted to people that uh, she didn't know who I was and his lawyer said that she was wrong, simply wrong, but I'm involved in a lawsuit suing her and she's suing me. So I'm watching the Johnny Depp case Wow, uh, very carefully. The difference, of course, is this woman never heard of me, didn't know me. She made up the whole story for money, whereas Johnny Depp was married to the woman who accused him. Very interesting. Alan Dershowitz, one last quick question uh, uh, on this Roe v. Wade. If the net effect of this leak is to preserve Roe versus Wade, which you support, would you say that the leak was a good thing if this preserves no. Roe versus no. you wouldn't you wouldn't no. you wouldn't no, go that far which a lot of lefties do. No, I I wouldn't go I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go that far. Here's the harder question for me. What if the kid who did it? What if it's a former student of mine and the kid who did it calls me on the phone and says, "Will you represent me?" Oh boy. I uh-huh. think the answer to that might be yes, even though I fundamentally disagree. Look, I'm representing one of the people who who went into the Capitol. I disagree with going into the Capitol. I disagree that the election was stolen. I disagree that President Trump should have made the speech on January 6th. I'm on the other side of that issue politically, but I am representing the young man because I don't think he committed a crime. And I probably would represent a young man or young woman who leaked this, even though I fundamentally disagree with what they did. It's not my job. Mm. to decide whether that's right or wrong. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's funny you say that because one of our dear friends is Joe Tacopina. Joe and I went to uh, grammar school together. We've been friends for 42 years. And uh, he does draw the line at certain crimes as a criminal attorney just like you, where he will not represent some people. What is the line for Alan Dershowitz? The line is whether you're in the business of committing the crimes. I don't represent terrorists. I don't represent organized crime. I don't represent repeated criminals. I don't want to become part of the, the consigliore to help somebody become and, and engage in more criminal conduct. I don't re- represent fugitives, but I don't draw lines about what crimes. Uh, the more serious the crime, the more unpopular the defendant, the more likely it is that I'll want to represent them. Look who I've represented over the years. Uh, some of the most unpopular and controversial people in American history, and I'm going to mm. continue to do that. Awesome. Well, listen, Alan Dershowitz, who better to get uh, to shed some light on this leak, this bombshell that came out last night about the uh, about Roe versus Wade? Then Alan Dershowitz, you're, you're the go-to guy. So thank you for appearing on the Bernie that. and Sid show and helping hear, us by out. By the way, if you want to hear more about this, I, I have a podcast that's on five thirty every day on Rumble, and I'm going to be talking about this on my podcast. Oh, great! You actually promoted the, the podcast with me and Bunny last time you were on. So continued success, Alan. We love having you, you on, and uh, we'll see you soon, Anytime. buddy. Thank you. All right. Maybe Alan will come out later on to the Staten Island Ferry Hawk game. You know that uh, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian were together at the Met Gala last night, and uh, Pete Davidson is a part owner, is a part owner of this baseball team. So maybe, just maybe. And I'm a big Kim Kardashian fan, so maybe just maybe Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian will be at that Ferry Hawk game with all of us later on tonight.
Maybe, just maybe. You just don't know. You can't ever tell. That's right, Vern. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. How about that? Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian, and Sid Rosenberg on Staten Island later on tonight. We'll take a short break. More to do, including beat Bernie. Your chance at cash and prizes right here on Bernie and Sid in the Morning. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the Morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Get up and move, y'all. Get up and move. You got to see what's going on in this studio right now. Luke Lograno and Lou Rafino on oh, they really fire. Do. Oh, my God. This is a white soul train. White soul train. Bust that move. Move them feet. That's right. Brought to you by Depends When Duty Becomes Your Duty. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. That's funny right there. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Very, very interesting conversation with uh, Alan Dershowitz, one of the heavy hitters here on WABC. And uh, thanks to him, that was uh, terrific. This is a bombshell. Telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this is it throws a monkey wrench into everything. And I'm sorry, so sorry that it happened. But uh, it did happen. Bottom line is, uh, Eric Adams doesn't care about anything else. He went to the Met Gala last night, uh, which is such a frivolous, stupid uh endeavor for a, the mayor of New York City while people being murdered left and right and crime is out of control to show up and, and to, to, to try to, I don't know, it's not even virtue signal, it's just stupidity. Wearing a jacket that says end gun violence as though the guns were committing crimes and not the people. I mean, if you have that mentality, you're never going to solve the problem. Guns are always going to be there. you got to stop the people who are committing the crimes. Uh, uh, listen, I couldn't agree more, but even above and beyond that, you're right, you're right about that, a thousand percent. No no, no messages on your jacket. You're the mayor of New York City. I don't care if you put something right. on there that made sense. I don't care if you put on a jacket, uh, you know, reform, bail reform. I don't, it doesn't matter. You're not putting messages on your jacket. You're the mayor of New York City. You're not some putz. God. Right. That, that very undignified... From a usually dapper, well-dressed, uh, otherwise dapper individual, yeah, to, it's something stupid, idiotic like that to, I don't know, grab attention. Plus the message, again, the message is the wrong message. Yep. At least if he had the right message there, you know, like, uh, you know, get get black fathers back into the, involved in families so he can solve the problem of uh, the disproportionate amount of crimes being committed by black youth. Uh, you know, I'd say, okay, all right, that's good. I, I I wouldn't wear it on my jacket, but I would agree with the message. The message he's perpetrating out there, pushing, is just is wrong-headed. It's stupid. It's never going to solve the damn problem. So uh, unless we get serious about it, here is Eric Adams talking at the uh, Met Gala last night to some local stupid fake news reporter, Cut 22 Lou. Lalu is amazing. He captured the message that I wanted to send. And it's about focusing on the celebration tonight, but then we have real work to do tomorrow. It's imperative that we get back 
to the normality of our city because so many families are dependent on that. When we come out tonight and enjoy this evening, we're seeing New Yorkers come together, those who are able to work this event and those who are contributing to this event, and we want our city up and operated, and I'm excited about what's in the future for New York. We are so resilient. This city's amazing. You know, I walk quiet. around with swag in my pocket because I like to share it. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Hello, was that, was that you, correct, huh? that word? I thought normalcy. Is normality the right word? There could be wrong. No, he didn't use it in the right uh, context. Okay. He did not use it in the right. Because uh, I keep hearing how articulate he is, and I just I haven't heard that yet. I don't he sounds more like, uh, you know, Leo Gorsi from the Bowery Boys at times, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Uh, Eric, listen, uh, Sunday you had, above the fold, you had a, a hit piece on Tucker Carlson. They, they, the New York Times employed nine reporters to, uh, to track down the history of Tucker Carlson and his family. I mean, if they employed nine reporters on searching uh, to see if the Hunter laptop was real before the 2020 election... I mean, we wouldn't be in this position right now, you know, involved in a war with inflation, border problems, blah, blah, blah. But they did. They went after Tucker. Anyway, here's one of the New York Times reporters talking about why they went after uh, Tucker Carlson on Sunday, the Sunday New York Times, believe it or not, front page above the fold. Anyway, this would be cut number 23, Lou. Please play it. It was revealing in a way that I can't even describe. I mean, I had no idea. I realized that what we wanted to do would be to create an immersive experience so that the people who read the New York Times, who most likely don't watch the show on a regular basis, could feel what it's like. Because I think it's easy to dismiss what he's saying as just another cable TV news host, but he's way more powerful and the content is way more dangerous than I think what anybody realizes unless you're watching the show on a daily basis. Sounds like this idiot wants censorship. It sounds like Tucker Carlson is being effective. Sounds like Tucker Carlson is uh, actually affecting change, uh, you know, or, or at least persuading people that the woke tards are ruining this country and they're trying to do something about it by essentially calling him a racist. That's what they're doing. Now, Tucker did say something last night which was, uh, well, you know, Nancy Pelosi, uh, the good news, again, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff went to the Ukraine. The bad news is they actually came back. Anyway, <laughs> he has this theory. Tucker Carlson has a theory. Remember uh, Hillary Clinton, she was the one who was after uh, some thought. She decided to blame her loss on Putin and the Russians right. back in the November of 2020. And since then, that's what the Democrats have seized on. That You had the Trump-Russia collusion, the special prosecutor, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Tucker thinks this about why now they want to fight the Russians in the Ukraine, because they do. They're escalating like you can't believe. Biden is sending them all kinds of money. And by the way, Biden, Hunter Biden received so much money from the Ukraine, and now he's sending them money to fight the Russians. Something stinks right there. But anyway... Listen to Tucker's take on this whole thing. Cut 10, please, Lou. The war in Ukraine is designed to cause regime change in Moscow. They want to topple the Russian government. That would be payback for the 2016 election. So this is the logical, maybe the inevitable end stage of Russiagate. Now, we should have seen this coming because they said it out loud years ago. Here's Adam Schiff from two years ago predicting it. 
saying it. As one witness put it during our impeachment inquiry, the United States aids Ukraine and her people so that we can fight Russia over there and we don't have to fight Russia here. So we arm Ukraine so we can fight Russia. Now, how many Americans, whatever you think of Putin, probably not much, justifiably, probably don't have a lot of interest in moving to Russia, but how many Americans then or now want to, quote, fight Russia? A very small group. But Adam Schiff said it out loud at the time in the House of Representatives. We don't arm Ukraine so we can help the Ukrainians. They're merely unfortunate pawns in all of this. We arm Ukraine so that we can punish Russia. Why? For stealing Hillary Clinton's coronation. Wow. That's his, uh, that's his uh, conspiracy yeah. theory. Uh, I, I guess be it's not crazy. a conspiracy. That's no. his opinion. Let's right. put it that way. By the way, Hillary Clinton say... was at that Met Gala last night, too. She was, not, she was not with Bill. Bill is having lunch today with Joe Biden. You talk about the president hanging out with folks that uh, have, have his ear. He's having lunch with Bill Clinton today while Hillary went alone to the Met Gala last night. What a stupid waste of time. Um, so anyway, you have that. I would just say one thing about the Tucker Carlson theory, which is uh, this. Uh, it doesn't explain why you have people like, you know, Brian Kilmeade and Mark Levin are so gung-ho about the United States getting involved in the war over there in the Ukraine. He'd, he'd have to explain that one to me. They have different motivations. Anyway, it's time now. We're going we're to have traffic and sports. By the way, we need a caller for Beat Bernie, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC to play Beat Bernie. It is time now for the clip of the day. It is Larry Kudlow. He's heard every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on 77 WABC. Here Larry is talking about, well, play it, Lou. This uh, disinformation board, uh, which some people are calling the Ministry of Truth, which is what Orwell uh, had in his book. And I've got to get your take on that. I know you're going to hate it the way we all do. But the question, sir, now is how to deal with it, how to stop it. You know, it's got this crazy nutcase woman who's running it. It sits in uh, Secretary Mayorkas' office inside the Department of Homeland Security. Now. It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Big one tonight on Staten Island, the home opener for the Ferry Hawks. Again, you heard the lineup there, very impressive lineup. All the WBC talent will be there. And then, uh, who knows, like I said earlier, maybe Pete Davidson, he owns the team, part owner, should say. Maybe Kim Kardashian. Who knows? Uh, either way, it's going to be a star-studded, beautiful night on Staten Island. And the Ferry Hawks playing their first home game ever. It's going to be um, very, very exciting. And we hope to see you out there, folks. I think I'm going to be there. Well, I know I'm going to be there for a Katz's show. So that will get me there probably close to 4 o'clock this afternoon. And then um, we'll play some baseball at Gardo Alfonso and the boys. And the girls, Kelsey Whitmore. Big night coming up tonight. Piero is out of Glenwood, New Jersey. He's in auto sales. He is today's contestant on Beat Bernie. Uh, Piero, good morning. How are you? Sid, you're the man, but I just have to make a slight correction. What? The, hot, the uh, game on Staten Island is the second biggest game because the first game is the New York Rangers, which well, I will be there tonight. And I, I'm, I'm already, I, I, can't, I can't do anything else today but think about the Rangers. Uh, listen to who you're talking to. So uh, believe me, I get it. And I'd be at the Garden tonight, but 
I am a, a very Hawkeye first. We we own the team, and we're excited about baseball back on Staten Island. But you don't have to you don't have to uh, sell me on the Rangers, believe me. And uh, we will cover that Ranger Penguin game tomorrow. Very excited about it as well. So you're going to be there tonight. That's great. You got good seats. Yeah, uh, no, I'm on, I'm up by the old blue seats. I've had good. season tickets for ten years. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, what jersey do you wear to Gordon tonight? What Ranger jersey do you wear? I believe it or not, my favorite player since I'm Italian, I stick to Matt Zuccarello jersey, number thirty six. You know, it's funny you mention him. The last time the Rangers played for the Stanley Cup, they lost the Los Angeles Kings eight years ago in two thousand fourteen. Do you know who led that Ranger team in scoring? I'm going to guess Zook. That's exactly right. So we just came up in conversation here because we're trying to figure out the 94 Ranger team. It wasn't Messier. It wasn't Leach. It wasn't Larmer. It was Sergei Zubov. But the 2014 team was, in fact, Matt Zuccarello. Anyway, Piero, good stuff. Dude, you're a hockey man, Sid. Oh, I my God. This. Are you serious? I, I actually. I actually used to do the Panther games because the guys that own the Panthers, Vinny Viola and Doug Sifu, they own Virtue here in New York. They're in, they were actually Ranger fans and New York guys. So I was very, very close with the Panther organization the, all those years I was down in Miami. But I am a big, big hockey guy. So very excited for tonight. Whoa. But also very excited about this game right now. Let's do it, Piero. Here's number one. Private is the entry ranking of what two U.S. military branches? Could you repeat that, please? Private is the entry ranking of what two U.S. military branches? Private, we know, is the Army. The second one, I'm going to have to guess, uh, uh, Marines. Yeah, that's right. Pentecost, the Belmont Stakes, and D-Day all occur during what calendar month? June. That's right. You get the uh, the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness in May and the Belmont Stakes in June. In the presidential oath, the incoming president promises to, quote, preserve, protect, and what the Constitution of the United States. Could you say the first two again? Preserve, protect, and... Preserve, and defend? Yeah, that's right. Very good. Three for three. Lansing is the capital of what state? I could use my wife's help, Marcy, here. Uh, Lansing, Michigan? That's right. Most people think it's Detroit. The home of the Michigan State Spartans, East Lansing, while Michigan, of course, plays in Ann Arbor. To go perfect today, you're very good, Piero. Who was the most recent presidential candidate to win the popular vote but lose the Electoral College vote? In the popular vote, lose the electoral vote. Oh, man. Give me a guess, quick, quick. Uh, Obama. Uh, you're going to get no, Obama never lost. Obama won both times that he ran. Oh, this is so easy. You're going you're to be so angry with yourself. Hillary Clinton. She won the popular vote but oh, lost to Donald right, Trump. Right, right, yeah. right. All right, four to five. A very, 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 very good job. Let's get to uh, the champ, Bernard. Uh, Bernie, is he back on? Uh, Sydney, I'm here. All right, pal. You need uh, all five to win today's game. Piero won four out of five. Are you ready to go? I am ready, yo. All right, Bernard. Number one, private is the entry ranking of what two U.S. military branches? Private, that would be, uh, well, that would be the United States Army. Right. And uh, even though it's not a branch 
in and of itself the Marine Corps. That's right. Very good. Pentecost, the Belmont Stakes, and D-Day all occur during what calendar month? January would be the wrong answer. June. That's right. In the, in the presidential oath, the incoming president promises to, quote, preserve, protect, and what? The Constitution of the United States. Preserve, protect, and uphold. Oh, that's a good Brian answer. That is incorrect. The correct answer is defend. Defend. Best you can do is tie Piero today if you happen to slip either one of these last two. He'll get the win. Lansing, Bernard. Lansing is the capital of what state? Well, Mississippi would be the wrong answer. Uh, Michigan, of course. That's right. right yep. Well, you say, of course, a lot of people still think Detroit is the capital. And finally... Who was the most recent presidential candidate to win the popular vote but lose the Electoral College vote? Uh, that would be – that's a good question. No, it's um, not. Easy. That's, a, that's easy. so I, easy. I, I, go, I go with Hillary. Yeah, of course. Bang, bang, bang. All right. Uh, because, obviously, Biden won both last time around, and the one before that was her and Trump. Uh, you both got four out of five. Bernard talked to a great Ranger fan, Piero, out in Glenwood, New Jersey. Piero, how you doing, my brother? What's up, Bernie? How you feeling, all right? Yeah, I feel great, man. I feel great. Listen, I love the name Piero. It sounds like, uh, you know, some wise guy talking to uh, a French tourist. Hey, Piero, what are you doing over here? <laughs> That's Pierre in France, but in Italy, Piero is Peter. Yes, it's very popular. Oh, okay. I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. Uh, Listen, yeah. thanks for listening. Uh, so how are things out in Jersey, uh, Piero? Not bad. Uh, things are pretty good. Uh, we just want, you know, spring to come. It's been a little cool. We'd like I'm, I'm with Sid. Sid's complaining about the weather every week. I mean, it's about time. We, we got a little 70 degrees and sunny every day. You know, when it does come, you'll you'll enjoy it all the more because you suffered through these uh these 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 horrible weather days when it should have been sunny. You'll you'll enjoy it all the more so. There may be a good reason for it, Piero, but either way, there's a good reason for you listening to the Bernie and Sid Show, and we appreciate you doing so and playing the game. And uh, So you sound like a great guy. Thanks, Piero. Uh, we'll, we'll try it again sometime in the future, okay? You got it, buddy. Thank you, and I, I've been uh, saying a prayer for you, so good luck, buddy. You're such a good guy. I mean, these people almost bring a tear to my eye. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. On the Bernie and Sid Show, we'll close it out, folks. 1-800-848-922 is the number. We'll be right back. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. And kids in Baltimore, Jack, another great Bruce Springsteen song, Hungry Heart, as we uh, get set to wrap things up. I actually showed my son, I'm watching this uh, this um, kind of like a horror thriller comedy, and I've talked about it before, Bernie, with you on the show. It stars um, uh, Greg Kinnear and Courtney Cox, and it's great. It's not good, it's great. And um, Gabe was watching it one night, a couple of weeks ago, with me and Danielle, and he said, oh, I've seen that girl on Friends. And he was talking about Courtney Cox. And I wow. said, well, 
you have, but you know that daddy loves Bruce Springsteen. I love Bruce Springsteen too. I said, that's where she kind of became uh, famous. She was in a Bruce Springsteen video. And he was like, video? What is that? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, we, we pulled it up on uh, Google, on YouTube or something, with uh, a very young, short-haired Courtney Cox that Bruce Springsteen took out of the crowd. And she started dancing like Luke Legrano dances, actually. Very similar dance to uh, what was the song? Let's see if these guys can get it, Bernie. What was the song, Luke, that Courtney Cox danced to with Bruce Springsteen? I have the... No idea. Now, did you watch Friends at all? Do you, you even know who Courtney Cox is? I did watch Friends. I watched it after, obviously. But know the so oh, you know, J- Justin knows the answer. Justin, Justin knows. Justin does not hint? know. Justin's coming give, in just to tell can you. We give, can we give Luke a hint? No, no. Let's see if Justin gets it first, part, and then give Luke well, a hint. Well, he's going to get it because he... he you know, I he can't believe it's escaping volunteer. me, but I, I watched the music video. Oh. Um, it's not Rosalita. It's uh, <laughs> Dancing in the Dark. Did he get it right, Bernie? Of course he did. I was, the hint I was going to give him is that uh, dancing is in in the title of the song. Oh, yeah, no, that's a, yeah, that would have given it a horrible yeah. song. God, that that is one of his worst. Oh, it's funny you God, say it's that. A horrible yeah, song. of all the great songs he's Jeez. done, yeah, that was uh, that way, was one of the worst. That totally propelled her. That was the singular occasion. That's yes. what got her into uh, yeah entertainment. Was just that yeah. right that, there. That and the sex tape she made with Lou Ruffino. Seems to work for these girls. Still a horrible song. (laughs) (laughs) Those sex tapes seem to work. Anyway, it... uh, By the way, that lasted shorter than the uh, Dancing in the Dark video. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did. did. Very good. Oh, Mike Green. Bang. I like that. Heck of a show today. Ended up with uh, three great guests. Bo Deedle, terrific. Gubernatorial, hopeful. Rob Bastarino, great, too. And then we scored Alan Dershowitz in the uh, 9 o'clock hour. With some help from uh, Big John Katz and Matides, who I will join later on this afternoon on the baseball field for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. Going to be a big, big day for WABC and folks on Staten Island. So come on out there and enjoy. Bernie, great job as always, man. Hope you had fun today. It was a big, big show. Lots of news. Good stuff, well, man. It was, it, it was great. It flew by. And it's always a pleasure. And an honor to work with my partner, Sid Rosenberg. All the love, Sidney. Ditto. Feel the same. Feel good today. Get some rest. Lou Rafino, Luke Lograno, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine. Thank you so much for another great day's work. Heading out to the ballpark first. Let's go Staten Island Ferry Hawks. And, of course, let's go Rangers. Talk tomorrow morning at 6. Peace. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.